0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack.
1: Kathy, I'm about to tell you something that I never told any girl on a first date. But I think it's important that you know I like to wear women's clothes. I like to wear women's clothes, panties, brasiers, sweaters, pumps. It's just something I do. And I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I really like you, and I don't want it getting in the way down the road.
2: Does this mean you don't like podcasting with girls?
1: No, I love podcasting with girls. <laughs> well, not today. That's my favorite dialogue exchange in the movie. <laughs>
2: no, I mean, it's good. I just, Lugosi, you know? You could have done Lugosi. That's that's podcast podcasting,
1: motherfucker. <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no one gives two fucks about <laughs> podcasting pull the strings pull the podcast I don't know pull yeah, yeah. podcast the, mm. pull. no you it's know
3: not what not a, yeah. pod, the pod the
2: cast pod the cast pod the cast be aware be aware.
1: I always like here's the thing I I hate Go ahead. This is one of my five favorite movies. I'm just out with it. I love this. This movie. is a top, top five for you me all I, I love I'm, this movie. I'm, too. I'm with you. I love yeah, it this too. This is a wonderful movie. I um, and uh, I I feel like, unfairly now, a lot of this film's legacy is Samuel Jackson is constantly shit talking the fact that Martin Lando beat him. Like, it, it certainly interviews. was for a while.
2: I think it's gone past oh, that. What was the was He, a, what was he a, used to complain like what? he was up for pulp fiction. Oh. And he used yeah, to complain sure. like, Ed Wood no one even saw that thing like come on like he was he, I did one of the most iconic
1: performances of all time who even talks about Martin Lando and Ed Wood and yeah, it's right. like I talk about it literally It's every a day great, of my it's, life.
2: it's the performance like that you could imagine beating almost anyone and the other right. the hard thing
3: about it is Samuel L. Jackson's never gonna get another swing no at, a, at an award probably not you probably you know how many you, you never know. know how many so more movies did he have ahead of him he gets at that so point. few
1: bites at the apple I know
3: right exactly Martin Lando was only right. 95 years old <laughs>
1: Like here are two crazy facts. One, Martin Landau lived another twenty years after this movie. Right? He was nuts. He did lie. He was pretty old. He lived to like ninety nine. Oh really? He he
2: made it a long. No, he lived to eighty nine. Really? Yeah. He looked (laughs) about ninety nine. He
1: he was an old man. Wait a second. He was thirty five in Ed (laughs) Wood.
2: He was yeah. He Mm -hmm. was sort of Martin Landau, much like Bela Lugosi, is a cartoon Eastern European that you kind of can't believe was a real person. Mm -hmm. Martin Landau was kind of a cartoon old guy. Yes. Like right? Mm-hmm. Like I only think of him as an old guy. You see pictures of him, in, you know, you what, see him oh, in Mission oh, Impossible. Me. Right.
3: Space nineteen ninety nine. Space nineteen ninety nine. You're like, oh right, he North was awesome. that's my yeah. default Lando. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Space nineteen ninety
2: nine. Okay, fair enough. I was think I would think more of Mission Impossible. Was but- yours crimes yeah. and misdemeanors? No, it's Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Yeah. For me, it's default. Probably, probably yeah. crimes to me. No, but
3: see, he disappears into this role. You, you yeah, like leading Lando, like, though. That's why you like space Lando. No, I mean, He
2: doesn't look like Martin Lando in this movie. Well, that's it. This movie, it's kind it wins of amazing. two Oscars. It wins Lando yeah. and the makeup, the makeup, which is yeah. one of the
1: least showy and most effective makeup jobs in film history. It's crazy. It's incredible how well they transform without it looking like a Sasha Baron Cohen character. Right, yeah. right. Where right. it's like his face doesn't move. He looks like he's made of rubber. It's, it, and they have dramatically
2: different faces.
1: Yeah, Martin Lando yeah. has such
2: a, a di- very distinctive face,
1: and Bela Lugosi has a very distinctive sure. face. And I, there's a thing on the. He's such
2: a good job that he can watch a movie with the real the Bell They intercut Lugosi, the real footage, right, and yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's Bella Legosi.
3: Well, also he he was supposed to be a, a withered shell. Yeah, of he's himself, run down. He's so. run down.
1: But it looks like that's a withered shell of that real guy yeah. there. Uh, on on the DVD on the special features, they have like a whole thing with Rick Baker, and he was like, you know, I love Legosi. Sure. I was, like, really honored that Tim reached out to me and, like, offered me this thing. And I said, like, this is impossible. Like, these are fundamentally different faces. Sure. Right. Lando has this very long face.
3: He's got a long sort of Frankenstein-y sure. right. shape face. With, to like, his a space. very pronounced, Karloff. like, upper lip. It got long because he was in that low-gravity environment for so space long. Space 1999. Space ni- <laughs> 1999. You're
1: going to hijack this and just party like it's Space 1999. I don't I've ever
3: seen thing. that much Space
2: 1999.
3: I, not a lot was made, right? And I'm pretty sure I saw all of it, but not. What since was I the concert? It was like Apart the runoff battle. 1999. 1999. Right. It was well before Battlestar. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it Jerry Anderson? It was
1: crazy. Wait, it was fully live action. Jerry it Anderson. It was post Thunderbirds. <laughs>
3: yeah. Only Anderson. Barbara Bain was a marionette. <laughs> weirdly, oh, yeah, she's like, I'll him. take the the press photos, but I'll be a marionette in the show. Is
2: right. it like a space station <clears throat> show?
3: Oh, here's the premise. Okay. Yeah, space station, moon base alpha yeah. on oh, the moon. Moon base. All and right. then there's a bad explosion. The moon gets kicked out of orbit. Oh, oh and dear. And it's traveling <laughs> through the cosmos. But it's still, we're still circling the moon. No, Earth is left behind. Okay. It's not very scientific. <laughs>
2: because their whole premise is how
3: are we going to get the moon back to earth when Uh they should have figured out oh earth is finished now (laughs) that's it we gotta go (laughs) we're done
1: you know the story about when jerry anderson pitched landau space 1999
3: right no i do not know it
1: he asked lando to come visit him on the thunderbird set and Mm -hmm. he was like it's going to be like this it's a show you'll be the leading man voicing it but it's going to be all puppets and landau said pull the strings and i'm in hello everybody my name is griffin newman Pull the string. There you got pull the string. Pull the string. Pull the string. Pull the string. What's your name? Oh, David Sims, I'm sorry. It's a blank check with girlfriend. I
2: was David. so horrified by your joke that I was like trying to reset it. It's a myself. foolishly <laughs> scary joke.
1: This is a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Certainly, like Ed Wood. Yes. Yeah. Tim Burton at this point is firmly in this sort of one for me, one for them mm-hmm, mode, mm-hmm. but but all his ones for me were also very expensive and done on a major studio level. Sure, sure. And this was the first one where he really had to like fight to make a movie that seemed aggressively uncommercial.
2: Right, and
1: was right. But he was like such a big populist studio filmmaker. He had, like, somehow made these very esoteric interests of his into, like, very mainstream things. Mm-hmm,
2: right. You're saying, like, Edward Scissorhands, no one's going to say, like, oh, that's a surefire box office success. And then it was. Right, right. 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 So this, I guess he could be like, well, no one thought Edward Scissorhands would work. This will work. Yes. Yeah. People will go to see Ed Wood. But, like, no one wanted to make this fucking movie. <laughs> no.
1: And, and then it did poorly. But it's my favorite film of his. It's one of my favorite movies of
2: all time. It's also my that's favorite That's the thing that
3: surprised I didn't realize it was a bomb. It was Again. a huge bomb. Huge bomb. Until because uh, I was a I was a, a grown up when this uh-huh. movie came out. Yeah, I'm a very old man. Where did you see it? By the way, remember? my name's John Hodgman. Oh, John Hodgman's Our here. Guess John Hodgman. Judge the John Hodgman,
1: the honorable sitting uh,
3: here. host of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, co star of the Tick season two. Oh my God. <laughs> hey. With Krivan Newman. You're like the big new character. In Wait, when is this two. posting? Now I'm gonna check. Sometime, sometime in twenty nineteen, February. Yes, uh, early, February. early February. February Does it have the third. Prem- premiere date? No. Uh,
1: no, I've heard. Conflicting rumors. Okay. You know what's good? <laughs> Quarter <is> one, <laughs> <when>, two nineteen. <laughs> when
2: you hear conflicting thing.
1: I love it. I'm not always a sign stressed of at all. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been losing sleep for
2: months. <laughs> now 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 you you get your sleep. Yeah. I worry I about trying. you. I'm trying.
3: You have to understand it's hard for them to press the button to put the thing on the stream. <laughs> right? It's so tough. It takes a while for them to get to the room, the button room.
1: Yes, yes. And to, to be fair a whole they're, thing. They're on a very rush post production schedule of nine months. <laughs> We finished filming season two, I think, in 1984. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't.
0: August, no, it wasn't. Uh, that. It,
1: it, when it comes out, it'll be a while.
3: But uh, uh, you're phenomenal on the show. Well, you, you're an incredible actor. Well, come on. You're an incredible actor. As, uh, as I said on set, apparently.
1: You said to me, I want I you to know. this line. You said, I think you're a very good actor. And I said, oh, come on. And you said, no, I mean it. And I know about acting because I've
3: seen Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah.
1: That was your line?
3: That was a that was that really my line? I that think was we were your line. You said, about no, that. no, no. You oh, I said
1: don't. I just watched it on a plane, so I know about acting. That was a
3: very important movie
2: going experience for me watching right. Murder on the Orient Express. Had on you plane. just watched, you, right? You were on oh, OCA. You had literally just ingested the Orient Express. I,
3: yep, I opened my mouth. you are taken the ride. <laughs> Why isn't there a ride? You'd boarded the train. Why isn't there a theme park? God, Universal should open a whole Perot land. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Are, they, are they doing a Marple verse or, you know, like a Christ a Christie verse? They're,
1: they're doing a Poirot pu- puro pu- follow-up. They're doing they Death, doing on, Death the Nile? on the Nile. Yes. You could get in that. You should be in that John.
2: You, you Can don't you know. imagine like we're in Cairo or something, and it's like you've got a fan. Sir, sir. Yeah. You're holding him running <laughs>
1: after him with a telegram? Sir. You, you know, you're wearing a like little, a
2: khaki suit. Thank you
3: very much. Greg. I'm a little old to play a bellhop. It would be a, a <laughs> Not sad, a bellhop. I'm saying like his a sad, sala or something. It would be a sad bellhop. I'm
1: saying like a Peter Ustinov type. Well, I guess well, Ustinov yeah, played
3: was Poirot. Ustinov Poirot,
2: and that was – he was my Poirot. Right. Sure.
3: But and I'm so, thinking like – Much
2: like Space 1999 C- was your Landau. Yes. That was my Landau. And Ustinov was your Poirot. But I remember, I remember that
3: somehow uh, – I, I did not manage to see Black Panther when it came out <laughs> that week. But uh-huh. I did manage to see Murder right on the, on the Army Army Express, Express on an airplane, and I sure. realized for a straight white only child uh-huh. from Brookline, Massachusetts, That's your Black Panther. that was my Black. Panther. That
1: was your Black Panther,
3: <laughs> yeah. And it Murder was, on the <laughs> Express is like so, finally someone sees me,
1: right? <laughs> and it was received as such by the culture as a massive moment for representation uh, in American <laughs> media.
3: Yeah. Well, sorry, I uh, I, I don't. I don't want to say sidetrack. Sure. But that was a sidetrack.
1: No, I don't I'm not saying a bellhop, but I feel like his like sala.
3: You know? Uh-huh.
1: Like I want you to I'm be playing the Josh Gad role in these I'm imagining, movies. I think you we no, gotta plus it off. You should what? be
2: like the 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 mayor or the the local you know dignitary uh, commissioner exactly mayor the guy. of the Nile. You know they have to, they yeah. go to they go to an office or a palace or something and you're sitting there behind a desk. I do a lot of desk work. You yeah, know, you're and, flapping a fan
3: in in streaming media, <laughs> film and television. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That, I'm mostly known for my desk work. I think desk work is good. Also you're check sitting? out check out my incredible back of the head acting. <laughs> In, in in the nick season 2. Oh yeah? Yeah, really? incredible, incredible. Your no big
1: inc- thing in not no spoilers, but your big thing in tick season 2, you kind of redefine clipboard acting.
3: <laughs> oh, you noticed? This
1: man holds the shit out of a clipboard in tick Boy. season 2.
3: It's actually a tablet that kept Oh, oh! It was like, right. a, it was right. like a, a high-tech. They kept freezing. They kept freezing up, or like yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the it whole so screen fun. or something. Yeah. Anyway, we had a great time. We had a great together. Time. Yeah. I, I became a, a true blanky checkhead well, during that, right. that time.
2: So you're and saying, David, I met you at a wedding. Nice yeah, to see that's you again. true. Nice. To see you were the DJ. I was the DJ. You did a great a job. Wedding.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Although the the greatest moment was the uh, bride freaking out at you when you were moving on from one song so soon that I thought that was very funny. Because you were doing a very professional job. You were like you know, fading in and out of things. And you were, you know, it was like, I was trying to keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. And then, but then there was one song that I, I guess the the bride, uh, yeah, I guess it's her special day. Right. was like, no, (laughs) we was like, well, we must, we must finish this one. And you were very, you were a good dude. You're like, Oh, of course. You know, I was was like, you know what? Fine. I put it on repeat over and over. And I walked away. away. Fine.
3: (laughs) Fine. (laughs) You threw your
2: headphones to the ground. Jesus uh yeah
3: okay landau Ed oh so this is what i was saying oh, oh, i was a, oh. i was an elderly man sure i mean i was a grown man yeah then when this came my out. life mm-hmm. 1994 yeah 23 years old i remember reading we're talking i mean i remember reading about, about, about me going to see the movie
2: yeah that you were yes. just killing it prime of your life <laughs> september 30th was this a good month for you september 1994?
3: 1994 1994 so yeah i had moved i had just moved to new york there, there you go, go. New York City in j- in January of that right year. Things, all right, all right. And uh, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, maybe I saw it at the Chelsea.
1: I was going to say,
2: yeah. Did you see it in a theater? What's I,
1: now the the Sinopolis?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Which one on, used to
1: be a United Artists, I believe.
2: Um, sure. I,
3: I don't. Think, yeah, I don't. The, the 23rd, 23rd Street. Street. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. I think that that's probably that's where I was seeing a lot of movies. I'm mm-hmm. there were a bunch of movie theaters up on the. Upper Upper West Side, sure. where I lived, I was 105th Street and Broadway. So there were a couple of movie theaters. Oh, well, the there. 84th and Broadway. Yeah, Lows, yeah. of course. Yeah. But there was the, all, the New no, Yorker Theater,
2: but that closed when I was a kid. Right, right. I used yeah, to yeah. live up there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There were others. The only place you lived as a kid. That's right.
3: We're not, we're not talking about where you lived as a kid. We lived in New York, and that's right. the end of the story. New and right. we can move right. on. In New York. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. must have been. I did. Amazing for, to have. Spend your whole childhood in the York whole time, City. the well, entirety
1: well, of it. Yeah. Classic, Classic downtown Griffin, Ames,
3: you know, Brookline, Massachusetts. This is a big time. Oh, it was. Wow. It was the big time. It's you must true. have really seen a different way of life. Right. So, so, you I, see the movie Rising to this bait? I loved it. You're a '99 head. Landau is back. But you know, I, I, I'm a I, at this point in my life, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan and supporter. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would say, I guess, I am now. Sure, I, he's not. The filmmaker that he was.
2: But that was a miracle In the the day, right, he'd done the Batmans and Edward Scissorhands. And this is an
3: exciting new, right. And Pee-wee's big adventure. I mean, of course. And so. And Beetlejuice. And and this was was like, this movie seemed like such a step forward in how he was going to direct movies. It felt like a big evolution. And then I guess he decided that was wrong. Well, it's wow. also, it's his yeah. first movie about
2: real people. Yeah. Like, no right. offense right. to Pee Wee or Beetlejuice no, or whatever, no, right. you know, exactly. like, yeah, right. these are humans who have regular needs and, and he desires. did a good job with humans. He did yeah. a great job. It's his
1: first grown-up movie. And he you know, his his brings a board, board movie, like Johnny yeah. Depp. It's, it's as, as close, of it's like, as, close yeah.
2: as
3: Johnny Depp has ever gotten to playing I, a human. I think 100%. it's Depp's
1: best performance. Oh, I yeah. do too. Yeah. I, is I, that that's even...
3: even incredible in
2: I mean, movie. I guess yeah. he's given a lot of performances. This is my, my favorite go, I mean,
1: This is a his real in the pocket couple of years. Because Donnie Brasco is probably his best... He's so good in Donnie Brasco. Like, serious movie. Like, fully serious performance. That's him, like
2: going for it being like pay attention to me I am a serious actor. I'm walking right. here. He, right. is walking <laughs> he was there. walking. He's walking all over Donnie Brasco. Yes, Donnie right. Brasco's sitting in a chair most of the time. He's doing some chair work. Actually. Yeah, chair work. Garb, that's if... a lot of Pacino chair yeah. work. Yeah.
1: Um, but th- but this is like this feels like a performance that only this one actor at this one period of time before he became right. uh, a wine vampire uh, <laughs> you know, Dep- could have given. The oh, and
3: European rock star.
1: A European rock star. Uh, <laughs> g- general all around creep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this performance feels like, I mean, I think this is when he sort of becomes like, for a certain group of people, the guy. Like, this is kind uh, of the weirdest, most interesting leading man.
2: He's got Dead Man the next year, too. He's yeah. so good in oh, the right. 90s. He's like really in this run. He, make, he has stuff. a very cool run in the 90s. Because Gilbert Grape is the year before. Then mm-hmm. yeah, the next year is Dead Man and Don, Don Juan DeMarco, which is a nice little movie. I don't movie. like this at all. Well, now look, that I'm you seeing like, you... Oh, got Rattle computer. His stuff off. You don't like that well, he's yeah. got the and,
3: and he's looking at a computer. Well, otherwise,
2: it's going to be a lot of like, like when Man, what did he do? Yeah. Uh, you know, come on. When I'm making here.
3: dinner listening and I have you in my head, you think it's off the dome? I feel like it's totally off the
2: dome. Well, it's, but it's uh, not too off I the mean, pad. It's not all off the pad. Look, he's roasting me now. Oh, now geez. I feel roasted. Yeah.
3: Wait, no, that's no, good. I'm glad to. No, I'm glad no, to know sorry. that you're human. It's sorry. it's, it's really I mean, truly. I mean, human. it really. It, yeah. Okay. It makes me that's, feel more comfortable. Know, if you, Humbling. If
2: you prick me. In, so I, I see believe. this movie.
3: Yeah. And it's and it's a it's an amazing film. A wonderful. A huge film. a huge step forward for him. Mm-hmm. A, a really enjoyable film. Gets a, a huge amount of critical attention. Yes. I grew up in the '90s, believing this movie did good. Yeah. I did not sure. know until yesterday that it did bad
1: it did badly it, d- it did poorly it was like critically acclaimed across the
2: board right. pretty it, much it universal acclaimed which any studio it loves to win an Oscar it won two Oscars yes, right. and
1: in a very competitive year I mean 94 that was the the Forrest Gump quiz show Pulp, Pulp fiction. fiction Shawshank Redemption yeah, there's a, there's a world,
2: right. right, where, you know, I guess a less crowded year, Edward would, would have maybe gotten some more nominations yeah. and all that. Samuel L. Jackson was robbed that year, I believe. Well, and
1: and was,
3: Larceny. His
1: Ran big thing larceny. was like, look, I gave this performance that was so iconic, yeah, but, and they gave it to Lando as a Lifetime Achievement Award. I think you watched this. This is not a Lifetime Achievement no. performance. No. This isn't just a guy showing up. In, like, this isn't Donna Meche in Cocoon. No. Where you're like, oh, he's charming.
2: Right. This is all like right.
1: such a fucking real deal. Performance. a huge,
2: huge yes. career, and a really performance. tricky performance. Well, yeah. also the thing was Samuel Jackson is a quasi lead anyway. Agreed. And they ran him in supporting because they were running Travolta as the lead. But they have so equal screen of, time, right. right? They must. So they were they were kind of just like splitting the difference and yeah. like that. That may have done him in. I don't know. Like I, Tom Hanks was probably always going to win Best Actor. Right?
3: This is why I always said on set. How many times did I say this? Awards bullshit. Awards
2: literally, are Literally, you
3: said can it. I curse on during?
1: This? Ev- yes, you can curse. Okay. You said it during it. every take.
3: Yeah. Which
1: right. we lost a lot of good footage.
3: <laughs> so sometimes I try to be polite and just ruin my own takes. Yes. Right.
1: No, you would often do it on during our lines. You would yeah. step over our lines to say awards. Uh, bullshit.
3: Quick word. Awards are bullshit. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't let this Peter Sarah was don't let awards get into your head. They're bullshit.
1: Well, I, you know, I got irritated, but he was surprisingly fine with it because he's so comfortable in that costume. He was like, please yeah. eat up as much time as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I can go all day. Yeah. Oh, work talk. Oh god. And we
2: met at a wedding,
3: David. We did meet at a wedding. That's That's true. true. So of
2: two blank check guests. It was a blank check wedding.
1: We won't say who. (laughs) It's a total mystery, I guess. Let's do some cross calculation and figure out which two blank check guests are now married.
3: Uh if you're listening now and you've figured it out, go to your if you if you have your if you have your grid of blank check guests. Yeah. Yeah and you've been drawing all the connections right, you, you, a you a should be able to figure this out Right. Send, send in your guests. the first top top 3 guesses will get an audio boom mug that you yes. can share
1: and a decoder ring yes right we're right. going to start making decoder rings
3: so what happened when this movie didn't do good
2: won well, an I, oscar
3: two oscars but i mean when it, when it when it became a commercial
2: failure mm-hmm. oh What happened with Tim Burton after that? Burton is already working on his next project, which he sees as like a sister to this movie, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. And I guess they're thinking like, oh, well, that'll play. That was the thing. Mars Attacks, I think they
1: viewed as an obvious home run.
2: They were like, he's going to make
1: a a big disaster film. And he was like, I just got off of making Ed Wood. I want to make a modern version of that sort of type of sci-fi movie. Right, 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 right. And then that was so expensive. Right. And bombed harder in relation to its budget.
3: Sure, And then I think he starts and is to— And not, is not critically appreciated. No, it
1: wasn't at the time. Certainly I think now it's it started to build more ahead of steam Well, if respect. you listen to Paul F. Tompkins, it's a modern masterpiece. Well, we'll never listen to him, especially not on the subject no, of Mars' attacks. He's not welcome here. No, never, he's not welcomed here, much like you were not welcomed well. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's when he really starts to get scared.
2: Okay. And, and it is
1: a thing where— I,
2: I think th- this is the origin of his more craven— like, Where it starts to come, do
1: the Tim Burton take on things. Because then the, the, the run the is I mean, Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow, Hollow Planet, Planet of the apes. apes, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, right. Now it's like do a Tim right. Burton take on a thing that everyone That's already knows. That's when it all
3: feels like you're just putting on a thick paint of gothic emo gloss yes. on right.
1: you're, other stories. You're throwing his aesthetic sensibilities onto things we already know. And all there right. was
2: the initial excitement of like oh I'd love to see a Tim Burton Charlie and the Chocolate Factory became yeah. like Oh God, we're going to have to see a Tim Burton, like Alice in Wonderland, you know, it became just sort of resigned. Like, right. oh, God, oh we,
3: here we go. the bottom Carter's going to be in it, you know. So at some point or another, someone's going to wear red and white stockings. <laughs> right.
1: But there's this thing, I feel like I talk about this with people all the time where they say like, so why does that actor like still do all these shitty movies? Or like, why that that director make those choices? Like people will ask me, like genuinely, I don't understand why Bruce Willis is doing this, you know? Right. And my answer is always I think if you're ever like at the very top it gets scary to lose it. Yeah. Even if you're a guy like Tim Burton who I don't think starting out had delusions of becoming one of the most powerful filmmakers in Hollywood. No,
3: he was an animator. He right. he expected to be anonymous basically right with sure. weird and
1: then when even yeah, when he was doing an, live a, action a distinct
3: visual right, style right it
1: was like disney was like we don't know what to do with this guy like give him somebody to make frankenweenie or whatever right and then his movies kept on like growing and growing and then he made this like blockbuster that redefined like the studio system sure like batman changes everything and then like the blank checks he get from batman now, that was
3: the, that was the unfinished sequel to batman batman changes everything batman changes everything <laughs> right yeah, that was his, uh, That was going to be his third after it's Batman municipal. returns. It's that about man, he's, so he's like, changing no. to pension everything.
2: systems, plumbing. Yes. Like he's changing the whole city of Gotham. Right? It bat was Boy, Batman right. just deals with legislature. He rolls <laughs> up his bat sleeves. <laughs> it's time for someone. It's you time, know, those bat sleeves are spiky so far, too. Those are hard. So, <laughs> hard.
3: <laughs> so he
1: rolls them up and they puncture. Yeah. Ow, okay. <laughs> Um, Let's
3: but, go.
2: But I think then it's scary to like lose that. I'm the comptroller Gotham deserves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was a maverick. He came in, you know, he was an outsider that Gotham needed.
1: Yeah. Um. But but I, and- I think that kind of like fucks things up. Because I re- up until this point, he's like following his own bliss. And even when he's making a Batman movie, he's like, I'm doing the Batman that no one else would think to make. Yeah. And then... This Except for for Frank Miller, maybe. Right. A little bit. Maybe. But then even like the whole visual so, sensibility yeah, the, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh then then I think it starts to become like, fuck, what do people want out of a Tim Burton movie? You right, know? Right. Um and I think p- perhaps if like Mars Attacks had done really well, he, he would have felt more being comfortable weird. being like, every other movie, I'll do a smaller character. That was yeah. A, yeah, when yeah.
3: we talked about which movie to see, I was like, Edward with a bullet. Yeah. I was just like, that's the one I want to talk about, even though there are m- people who are much more qualified to talk about this movie, and you should have you should have gotten Dana Gould in here immediately. But that's another story. Oh, please, Dana, he not said welcome no. <laughs> yeah, he's not welcome here. Of course not, and he'll never be here. He'll never be here. But, um, uh, but because that was the one where I felt like, oh, that's the last, and I'd forgotten about Mars Attacks came after because I yeah. saw that movie and I immediately forgot it because I did not care for it. Mm. Have, you, I, have, have you have you never seen it some. since? Okay, well, I think you'd love it today, right? Well, maybe so. Yeah. Um, but, I, but there's, uh, I was like, oh, that was, that was the last time he was re-, like, I feel that Tim Burton was really pushing a Burton envelope. And making a movie and trying,
1: I, I would argue, I, Mars Attacks is the last one. And of then, those.
3: yeah, I mean, and, right. and then
1: I think the rest of them I think start Steve to hollow a little bit. Even yeah. by the way, ones I like, Tim
3: Burton. I know yeah. you're listening. I would love to work with you on any project. That's <laughs> Wait, not look, what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm we, like, we'd, like, we'd both love to work. But with him. there is a time yeah. when you were a filmmaker, and then there is a time when you became a fairly consistent interior decorator of movies. My, I feel like
1: my friend Louie always had this theory that was like, I think he just kind of got happy. Yeah. Like, I think he right. stopped feeling tortured, and he found some complacency within himself, and he seems fairly well-adjusted now. And I think he starts making these decisions of, like, what should I be making now? And it's also, As yeah. opposed to, like, what, what is the
2: song of my heart? It happens to some directors, the, the budget creep thing, where it's yeah. like, oh, I can't imagine making a small movie again. I'm so used to the whole industry the you know around it's like i'd have to make like a little thing well, like so it it's a pain like, so hard to say no if they're like right hey, if they're like come make dumbo here is so much money right we will provide every resource you need we you will provide any you want, actor you, can hire you want you any act- right exactly all yeah. it really needs is there it does have to be a, a elephant in in it with big yeah, ears right. but apart from that like do what you, do want. What you want it's you want. dumbo right it's a 50 minute movie like you yeah. know mess
1: with it however you like that must be so hard to turn down and then i think the times that he's tried to... I mean, this is the first thing. There is a left thing.
3: turn, I forgot, in a later part of his career. In
1: the 2000s, I think he tries to make three turns, yeah. and they all underperform in relation to the movies before and after them.
3: He takes three left turns
1: and winds up at the same right, spot. Right, right. So it's like, if you're Tim Burton, and it's like, here on one end is like, Sweeney Todd, right. then Alice in Wonderland, and then Big Eyes. Right, And Big maybe eyes. I'm forgetting one in between, but but it's like... Well, all the encouragement seems to be coming from the fact that Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars worldwide. Right. Why would I go
2: back to making these other two movies that people were confused
1: by? Right.
2: You know But right. he makes big eyes and his heart doesn't seem in it, in my opinion. We'll talk about I've, big not, eyes. Seen, I've not seen Big Eyes. But it was written by these guys—the yes, guys who wrote. It's, it's, yes, right. It Willis. was
1: the closest I think he's come to doing another Ed Wood. It's nowhere near as good as Ed Wood. No. It's a film
2: I really like. It lacks the visual panache of Ed Wood, which is sort of disappointing. God, this movie looks right. gorgeous. This Incredible. movie just looks insane. Like and it's, I, it's, it's and very, unlike very fun any other. Watch. Tim Burton. No, certainly. And
1: right. I also watch it and I go like, how did he pull this off? Like his aesthetic idea for this movie is make it look like a shitty movie yeah. but beautiful. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's right. like an, a beautifully executed version of a really marginal B picture.
3: Yeah. and When, when he's when when Bela Lugosi spoiler mm-hmm. uh, commits himself for uh, treatment for drug addiction. Major yeah. spoiler. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Ed Wood is talking to the doctor mm-hmm. and there's just this scene, I just I, there's a scene in a hospital hallway that truly looks like they're standing in front of a scrim. Like it is the cheapest looking. The sets are very like, I mean, that's very sparkly. That's the
1: thing where I just go like, how the fuck did he pull this off? Because you have the scenes where he's shooting his movies. Right. Yeah, and the joke is that the sets of the Ed Wood films are terrible. But right. you're
2: also in like
1: an airplane hangar, right? You're, right, you know, but there's but that. but then like the airplane hangar that the set is built in is also a set. Yes, and he makes that set look artificial. Well, there are some yeah. shots
2: like there's that sh- the shots uh, like the wrestling ring, right? Where you're it's a full crowd that he has like summoned to do. This is yeah. like CGI, right? right this right, is right. The early nineties. And the, um, what do you call it? The, 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 premieres. Yeah. Like, especially that one where they open and everyone is throwing popcorn at each other and, yeah. you know, the, it looks like expensive. It looks, yeah. it looks beautiful. Well, had yeah, that Batman oh, changes yeah. everything money. Right. He yes. Did, Batman yeah. did change everything.
1: They paid him so much to not make that movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen million dollars was the budget of this film.
1: Yeah, so it was set up at Warner is, Brothers, well, for, which was his know, main home studio at that point. Other than Edward Scissorhands, everything he had done had been at Warner's at that point.
2: And it's usually mm-hmm. who he works with them a lot to this day, right? Or has he now? Split with he them? goes between Warner's
1: and Disney. Disney. I feel something. like those are the two he flips between. But at that time, he was almost exclusively a Warner's boy, and he sets it up there. And he's very adamant about the fact that he wants it to be black and white. And everyone, he's,
3: he's a he's a Warner bro. He's a Warner bra. Warner Bros. Right. right,
1: he's rolling with the bros. Yep. Right, and uh, it, everyone's when you think like, "Bro, you think
2: Tim Burton? Like, oh, yeah. such a bro. He's a Warner bro. Yeah, yeah. God,
1: um, everyone is like this black and white idea is death. Making a movie about a bad movie is a bad idea. Sure. And Johnny Depp is like like Edward Scissorhands is his only big box office success at that point as a leading man. Well,
2: I mean, I would look at his filmography, but I'm afraid Hodgman's going to roast no, me. I no, I don't, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not roast. Kidding. Come on. No, David. I'm kidding. Oh, uh, uh, Gilbert. Well, after Edward Scissorhands, he'd only made two movies. So Wilbur Grape, which was not, did it not did a all big right, hit. I guess. Yeah, it made ten million. Um, like, oh, whatever. really? Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And Benny and June. Okay. Uh, which you know didn't like the world on fire, yeah. but it uh, made a little money too. I
3: mean, he's a guy at that it's, point. It's in time. So, it solidified his silent comedy. Right, <laughs> right. His silent comedy impersonation
2: chops. Um, but after he, I mean, he's still only a few years removed from like Twenty One Jump Street. Like, is right. still, I suppose. This is when like he's starting to become like the idol. thinking man's heartthrob, right? Yeah,
1: because it's like, oh, but he's weird. He looks like Buster Keaton and shit. He does like he's yeah. very handsome, but he doesn't want to do that cookie cutter shit.
3: You know? Yeah, that was. I feel like that rep. Speaking as someone who is a full blown adult when this movie came out. That it, rep was locked in. Everyone was buying it. Out. Like, we, like every, we were discerning. We get Johnny Depp. Yeah. The public
1: doesn't. Yeah. You know? And they were like, Johnny Depp's a leading man, but he's not big enough to like validate your vision of making a $20 million black and white film about a bad director. Right.
3: And a bad director that really not everyone had heard of in no. the way that they had. I mean,
2: no, it's in, in pre- large part because
3: of this movie, a right. lot of people have heard
2: well, also yes, of it. But yes, it was still- Science Theater 3000. Where is that? That is not there yet. That doesn't right? exist yet. Because that's the thing is, like, I feel like once that's kicked yeah. up, then you have this. They sort start of to show all of that. Yeah, it
3: but became. I've. I just. I discovered a, a distressing thing. Uh huh. Which was that, according to the Wikipedia. See, I use the internet too, Dave, yeah. but I'm. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not, not incredible. Interesting. I'm, like, I'm not the only one I'm no, not a supermind. <laughs> just a guy with the internet, like anybody I think else. He was a bit of a supermind. I saw the internet, but according to Wikipedia. Plan 9 from Outer Space started mm-hmm. getting a cult following when it was named as the worst movie of all time yes. in this book called The Golden Turkeys or some, right, some such right, by right, the right. Medved brothers. including oh, crazy. Michael Medved obviously was a, a film reviewer before he, he became what he is now, which is a right wing yes. radio talk show host and kind of a monster.
1: But I think that book was kind of the yeah, right. beginning of like. That was in
2: 1980. Yes. Yeah. The Golden a Turkey bad alert. art culture. Like yeah.
1: it was the beginning of like the '90s, especially with Mystery Science Theater and books like that that were starting to get written. Of like, actually, sometimes these shitty movies are like fun, right? And people obsessing the over and that, and there was like
3: the, that was the era. The '80s were the era, of, like the Psychotronic Film Guide mm-hmm. and Research Magazine that would cover all these weird. This is the era of my friend Nick McCarthy bringing us all over to his house to stay up all night to watch bad movies on VHS. Right. Sure. and then in the '90s, you know, this movie comes out and then. The Mystery Science Theater MST3K comes out and starts codifying this subculture and bringing it out in, into a larger the audience.
1: The idea of cult things starts to become mainstream. But,
3: but in 1994,
1: that was not. It's, it's still like, cult. It's like literally, yeah. it's like an
3: inside whisper.
1: Right. Certainly, no studio
2: of, is going to be fired up about the idea that you're going to do a Plan 9 from Outer Space movie. No,
1: most of them wouldn't even know what it was. Right. No, one's know? yeah, Yeah. Right. Um, so Warner Brothers like uh, puts the film in turnaround. Griffin, you're wrong. It's not Warner Brothers. Was it Sony? It's Columbia. Fuck, it was mm-hmm. Columbia.
2: Uh, because, I think
1: Warner Brothers turned it down maybe. Maybe.
2: Then. It's because Alexander and Karaszewski, who had written Problem Child. Right. And Problem now, Child too, I believe. I think you're right. Yes. And I think credit credit they thought credit credit. that was
1: like yeah. an albatross around their neck. Right, they're
2: right. Like we they gotta, we got to get out of this. Why so would this. they feel that way? <laughs> um, it was a mo- a, a, two modern classics. Yes, right. Well, because the script the, was so good that it, it put them in a washing machine, like the script <laughs> itself.
3: I have not seen either of the Problem Children. Neither of I I'm uh, going The video the box is John Ritter in a washing <laughs> hey, machine. How come the sequel to Problem Child wasn't Problem Children? Or they weren't thinking about it. It also that, wasn't yeah. Problem Child, comma,
2: two. Which I'm sure literally, right. the sequel, I think the sequel literally is about a second Problem Child. I think it tri- is. Like it's now there's a girl, too. You know, right. there used to be just. Yeah, no, it should be called Problem Children. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, problem Kids. But we're, but we're yeah. applying our our branding savvy here in the year 2018. Uh, backwards sure. Backwards in sure. time. Sure,
1: hindsight's Because we look yeah. back
3: and we say, like, of course a meta film about Ed Wood that's hilarious. Right, right. But the 90s barely existed at the time when meta meta didn't exist in that, also, in that way. Also, if you
1: were caught up in the hurricane of like Problem Child fever, you could barely think clearly. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the, right, the, the, the tagline. Tag
3: this PC culture is getting
2: out of hand. It's that's classic, what I said. It's one of those classic two tagline posters. <laughs> uh-huh. So, top of the poster, yeah. this summer, Junior has a brand new friend. Okay. Problem Child 2, right? Uh-huh. There's two of them, right? But below, he's bad, she's worse. Two taglines is does not bode well, ever. especially no. when both of them are half a tagline. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they couldn't really settle. They were like, "Well, so that was the premise." Apart. Was they added a girl? A, they probably put them both He's on the there. Washing they added a girl and, and they put Ritter in the washing machine, and they probably put That's both
3: taglines in so that so some mid-level you know executive wouldn't get mm. mad. Right, yes, right, 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 and it was
2: like. He's bad, she's worse was Bob's idea and he's really going to not like it if we don't put that in there somewhere. Yeah, right.
1: I think that was the idea though was like they had written this thing that then became really successful but was sort of seen as like a piece of shit and a joke.
2: Right. So they 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 have this script they believe in. Right, because I'm sure they're getting like a thousand offers to
1: make shitty family comedies and they're like, this isn't really what we want to get stuck doing.
2: So they set this script up with Burton to produce, Mm -hmm. with Michael Lehman to direct. Michael Lehman to direct. Which is weird. And Michael Lehman had to go make Airheads. That's that's why he couldn't do it. He was well. He you know, what, I'm heads. sure, it made sense to him at the time. I mean, you also, your heads is right. Have you ever worked
3: with Lehman? I have not. Have you? He yeah. does a lot of TV. Ter- terrific, right? guys. yes, really. Yes. Yeah, worked with him on Board to Death a couple of times.
2: I think of him as them. Uh, Truth about Cats and Dogs. I have seen that movie yeah. at least twice.
3: He's really what smart, really he funny.
2: He will talk to you about Hudson Hawk all day long. Right, really? he made
3: Hudson Hawk. Yeah, which is an incredibly. I mean that that is not a great. That's not a successful <laughs> film. Sure. No but it's no. financially and artistically I think even Michael Lehman if you're listening I think he would you would acknowledge that it did not work the way it was supposed to but it had a sense of humor that was a little bit mind-breaking right but it, it was that, met, it was meta at a time when meta wasn't in part of the the the, the
2: vocabulary yet. right but now I understand why he was like maybe I should just go make airheads like maybe after Hudson Hawk flop he's like maybe I shouldn't make the weird homage to the bad director that's a good movie like right. maybe i should just make the, the idiots you know hold up a radio store well and i think that was show. probably an
1: idea of like you make a down the middle comedy right. like it's a no, bad yeah. film it's a bad director and you make a comedy about a guy who's inept and tim burton latches onto can't... this idea of making the movie like the most considerate positive biopic
3: ever yes. made. i right. mean that and if that if that's I mean, again, what, uh, you feel that he is bringing that to That's
1: the thing movie. with this movie is tone management is, like, the name of the game. He's walking such a fine line where you think about most biopics, especially, like, of artists, right? And it's, like, either, like, here's an inspiring story of sure. someone who, like, broke through a glass Which ceiling. Usually or sucks. Like changed history and they, like, deify them too much, right? right. They right. stop being human. Or it's the, like, here's an artist you love and here are their demons. Sure. Here's the right. shit you it didn't know. Sucks. Right. right. Right, and this is a story about a man who thinks he's in a biopic about how he
3: changed Hollywood. Right, yeah,
1: and and he gives him the movie the guy thinks he's in.
3: Yes, and yes, and right. the the exploration of his character or the or the reveal of his character mm-hmm. as a, as a fundamentally decent, yes, um, eccentric, self deluded, but not completely self deluded. There are times when he's like, I don't think I got it. Right, and Sarah yes. Jessica Parker has to. Talk, him, talk, him, into talk it. him into it. But that's... Like, yes. that's, that's so beautiful. And I have to say that there are a couple of times in this movie where you see a glimpse of what it might have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, there are moments, particularly in the montage, when he's shooting Plan 9 from outer space. And everything's going wrong. Right. right. And, and he loves it the, all. And the movie is just going... And the movie is basically saying look at these terrible sets, right? This is terrible, right? Right. The yeah. guy scratching is his head with the gun. right? right. Yeah. And those are the, just a few moments where you have to show them, obviously. think right. the of movie's
1: kind of earned it at that point yeah. where right. you right.
3: can right. have a couple laughs. But it not could have easily been all of that top to this bottom whole time. 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but I think, you know, Burton talks a lot about how he was sort of just this, like, this movie omnivore growing up. Like, he is a byproduct of the first generation to have, like, television and movies playing constantly and especially these like shitty B movies that were just sold in the packages and he just ate everything up mm-hmm. and I think was just intoxicated by movies right, like he right. loves the idea of the range of what a movie can represent I'm in pictures right and mm-hmm. he's like applying that to this guy who like Burgess often said like I'm surprised that any of my movies work I think I don't so know am I right he's like I don't know how on to paper, judge a good script right, like right, on paper right. these things feel like they're too like specific to connect with people at large and I think he feels like I'm a lucky version of Ed Wood. Like yeah. I'm an Ed Wood yes. that somehow is connecting with people. Yes. Right. But my yeah. motivations are no different than what he's doing. I have my little family of weirdos. I like working with the same people. Sure. Yeah,
3: sure. I'm following my own bliss. And, it's, and it's, a vi- it's a vision that a lot of people would say, no, I don't think this is a good idea. My movies are very much fetish objects. They're right. my own psychology spilled out right. on screen. And then you, know? then you just need Vincent D'Onofrio with Maurice LaMarche's voice to tell you, follow your vision. And right. he did it.
1: Right. And he's like there, but for like the grace of God, I rem- go I. Like, I
3: remember, uh, right. I remember sitting in my kitchen in Brookline, Massachusetts with my print edition of the Boston Globe. And I read the casting for the Batman movie that was going to come oh, out. Sure. And it was Michael Keaton. Yeah. And I, I remember setting the paper down and saying to the air, it can't be done. Right. Even just, this is too work. weird. And, right. you're, and right.
1: you're a fan of Pee Wee's Big course. Adventure at that point. You
3: go, this is a train wreck. I, I was yeah. a, I was a, a a huge fan of Beetlejuice right. and Michael Keaton. And I was like, this is not, he's not Batman. I right. mean, everyone felt the same way. Yeah. Right. Until, and I'm about halfway through the movie, I would say. like, And then I became convinced. But, right,
1: and then he's like, cool. It takes place in like a weird retro futuristic version right. of the 1930s. It looks like a German
2: expressionist horror movie. Right, right. I'm doing an homage to both that and the '60s Adam West Batman, but it's neither. Right. It's also serious. Right. They're making me use it's eight pre songs. Right. Just, <laughs> Which, like, should totally bump up against all his shit. Right.
3: But no one could have been more pre sold for any version of Tim Burton's Batman. Right. We were all, and even I had skepticism. Right. And took some winning over. And so it is incredible that these movies connected. And then when you heard about a guy
2: with scissor hands, you were like. Gosh, a regular hands.
3: Scissor? <laughs> he can't pick a damn thing up. Yeah, that seems to me to be too much of a
2: problem. Right. Too many scissors. You, you want fingers, yeah. I mean, look,
3: even if the guy is is lacking hands and needs prosthetics, scissors is the, the worst choice. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You'd be better off with chopstick hands. Oh, much but, better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, or, I, or Luke Skywalker hands. I mean, if he can get a... What, a r- rubbit hand? A rubbit hand.
1: He's right? only got one rubbit hand. Um, I do feel like, uh, you know, his thing he said at the time when people were like, how did you know that Michael Keaton could play Batman? Especially looking at the work he had done up until that point. Right. How from collaborating with him on do you see he was right for that part. And he said, I just I saw it was all in his eyes. And I knew that character was so much about because of the costume, the eyes. And I saw he had that in him. Yeah. And in retrospect, you're like, God, look how smart he looks that right. he called that. But on its face, that doesn't sound any different than Ed Wood, like, seeing the chiropractor and being yeah, right. like, you have the same eyes as Bell Lugosi.
2: That is also why it's fascinating that Tim Burton tried to make a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. Right. Which also on the right. face of it seems ludicrous. And then, of course, we never saw it. So in our heads, it will always just be and, ludicrous. Well, Hulk, Hulk Hogan the thing. was going to play Brainiac,
1: and Chris Who Rock was going to play
2: Hulk Hogan was going to play Brainiac. That movie was Chris Rock
1: was going to play Jimmy Olsen. Like it was going to be insane, and it was just like, I guess if they let me make this, I'll like follow my like bliss on this,
3: right? Right. And to be fair, if it happened, it would have been ludicrous. That right. didn't necessarily mean it wouldn't. No, that's work. the thing. It's no. a,
2: that's the thing. It, at but some so many point, of movies are kind of ludicrous. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, mm. and and yet they work. Like it they work. Yeah. Lovely Edward. Anyway, no, it was a Columbia movie. Okay, he wants to shoot it in black and white because they had it set up through Lehman and and yeah, like uh, right. Columbia had a first look. Problem shot was Columbia. Um, and that's that. Sure, possibly. Um, and uh so Burton's putting his name Burton's to it to give. I'll direct too because Michael Lehman's going off to do Airhead. So, but it's got to be black and white. it's only makes sense as black and white. It is hard to imagine this film yep. in color. Wouldn't work. Um, and they're like, no, 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 like absolutely not. Then there's a bidding war. Because he's still so hot at this Exactly. Point. Right, Everyone yeah. wants it. Yeah. Uh, but Disney takes it, and they say, here's $18 million. We figure you'll do fine. We won't bother you again. Right. Disney like, still has p- Touchstone at this point. Right. They weren't like, well, change it. They right. were just like, you're Tim Burton. I'm sure you'll be fine. Here's your money. Like, Go make your movie. Like, I think
1: th- this is 95, right? This is 94, so is this the same? No, Nightmare Before Christmas comes out the year before. Yeah. But they're deep in that. Disney's clearly
3: trying to, like, get back in I mean, the Burton business. the movie business. is made it's in 93. The Henry Selick film, A Nightmare Before Christmas? That's
1: right. Yes, the yeah. uh, film, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by Henry Selick. Right. Um, I, I think they want him back in their fold. I mean, they eventually get him back, you know? But I think for them, it's also an investment of, like, let's do Tim Burton a favor, so maybe he'll want to, like, come here and do some more big family movies for Disney. Mm-hmm. I feel like they must have viewed it as something of a write-off, and maybe it works, and maybe it sure, doesn't. But right. maybe you get his next movie. Who yeah. made Mars Attacks? Warner Brothers. He goes all back right. to Warner Brothers, uh, and then after that, he starts to become really a free agent. Then he's like flipping all around the place.
2: Right. Uh, Sleepy Hollow is is who is Paramount. Paramount.
1: Okay. Planet of the Apes is Fox. Right. Like then it becomes about who owns the property because it right, becomes right. him remaking properties. Right. Warner's has Trolling a Chocolate Factory. Right.
3: Um, Alice's Disney, right? Alice's Disney. He's a franchise flipper. Exactly. Really he goes is. in and,
2: and redoes the house and flips it. Right, and like, it is partly the Batman thing. It's like, well, we gave you a franchise way back right, when and you right. did something magic with it. So yeah, what do you, you want to take a swing at X? Like Dark Shadows? Yeah. You just reminded me that Tim Burton directed
3: a movie that starred Mark Wahlberg. Correct? Yes? That, that's weird. It's one of
1: the weirdest things.
3: It I, is a weird movie. That is a that's a it's, I, I saw that in the theater. Sure. Also at the I was
2: truly excited for that movie. Were like you? I, oh. Because I was, well, how old was I, I've maybe never been more cool. excited for I film. was like 14 yeah. years old, I guess. Growing up in New York City,
3: hardscrabble kid on the Lower East Side. no other frame of reference. Only playing, knows
1: the hard streets of New York playing City. Playing stickball with Jack Kirby.
3: Yeah. Jack, Jack, I'm walking here. Let you me know, tell you. Hey, there's a car coming. I gotta see this. Uh, this Apes movie. You
1: know, Sims was a member of the Yancey Street Gang, right? Oh,
2: he was. It was based on. Him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would. like send the thing. One of those letters where it's like, "You're a crumb bum." And yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, <laughs> it, like "It's like, clobbering time again." <laughs> that Yancey Street Gang won't leave me alone.
1: <laughs> We gotta start calling people crumbums again.
2: You know what I mean? Every yeah. fantastic, they're like, you won't believe what they did. They called me a crumbum yeah.
3: again. I never really figured out who those anti-streeters were. Those kids told me to go pack sand.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> pack sand. Remember, I've always heard pound sand. So I, like I love pack sand. I love sand. 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 Like, well, I'm gonna get out my uh, my overhead like bag. <laughs> Go down to the beach and pack some Pe- sand. People need bags of this yeah. stuff. I guess I'm the one to do it. Yeah, uh, Benji,
1: the wizard is on the loose. We have to fight him. Uh, I don't know. Some kid walked old up to me, told me to go
2: suck a lemon. I don't know if I got the mood to fight crime. God, he is he is a, a wildly depressive guy. I mean, it makes the sense. Thing? Yeah. I mean, He's easily triggered. He is made
1: of rocks. He's an easily triggered libtard. <laughs> he on. is get out of here.
2: Send a
3: wambulance. He's an NPC. We can't talk about the Fantastic Four because I'll go down a Fantastic Four. And, and I would uh, love and, to talk about the Fantastic Four with you. Our I'm worst sure episode ne- we've ever done, the, right. Negative Zone.
1: The, the worst episode we've ever done in this podcast yeah. was we tried to cover all four Fantastic Four
3: movies in one episode. Very early in the podcast. Well, was a, that was a high concept. You, yeah, you were right. swinging for the fences, much yeah. like Tim Burton's early career. Yes, right. yes. You had not become complacent and starting to you know flip your no, franchise. No, and,
1: we were we were risky. We right. were taking risks. Um, no, I mean that's that's when it starts to become like. You feel like Tim Burton probably wasn't really excited by Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg, in interviews when they asked about Planet of the Apes, was like, I I thought, like, Tim Burton's crazy. I want to be in that movie. I don't really (laughs) care about Planet of the Apes. I didn't want to be in that fucking thing. But I was like, (laughs) Tim Burton, he's cool, right? Like, neither of them seemed very excited about the movie they right. were working on.
2: Right. They are just the like, extremely I don't know. expensive, like, where people have to put on makeup that probably yeah. takes like eight hours, and they're right. just like, Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Planet of the Apes. was it's all like those a planet full thing. of apes? All
3: weird Tim Burton regulars is like extra apes and the. Right, like Glenn like Apes, Yeah, like, right. right.
1: The Fat Orangutan. Yeah, right, and stuff. exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's really the, the turning point for me. Sure. Um, that makes sense. But uh, but Ed would. we'll, we'll talk, talk about we'll, we'll talk about yes, that we'll in talk another episode. That. But that's not right. yes. me.
3: Without me. Well, maybe you we can come back. Yeah. We'll, well, look, maybe I'll never leave. Yeah, sure. All right, <laughs> be a third host. Uh,
1: so so Disney picks it up. They give him eighteen million dollars, yeah. and he makes an American
2: masterpiece. He does. He makes his best movie. I think
3: that's what uh, thinking back. Like, I guess it did. Uh.
2: You're idea. so uh, disturbed that it didn't do well.
3: It just, Yeah, it just it just struck me as like, oh, you yeah. feel everyone, like
1: within your circles, everyone was obviously like in my, this My movie. coastal
3: elite circles, sure. yeah. But I just <laughs> felt like, I, I think most people critically say, oh, that's a good movie. Yes.
1: Yes. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> yeah. but I think the battle was just getting people to see it. That but was the thing. I, I yeah.
3: did, it, not, it did not occur to me that that was a movie that would have put his rep in Hollywood at risk. Do you know what I mean? As being able to helm either as a write-off for Disney yeah. in order to get him to come do something else mm-hmm. or as something where he might have to course correct. Obviously, Mars Attacks took that took that yeah. part for him. And one wonders if that hadn't been there. I don't
1: think it made Hollywood doubt him as much as it maybe made him doubt himself right. because he was such a savant in so many ways where yeah. it was just like, this stuff's just connecting. Then when it doesn't once, he's like, what am I missing this time? Right. I imagine he's a guy who probably couldn't figure out why certain movies work and certain movies don't. Sure.
2: You know? But his take on this movie is absolutely the perfect take for Yes. It. You know, like, whereas maybe, right, he approaches Planet of the Apes, he doesn't have a hot, like, a very good concept of what the movie shows. But, like, his idea that you were talking about, where it's like the movie kind of looks like a Ned Wood movie, but yeah. also is sort of sumptuous and beautiful to look at in a weird kind of a way. It's,
3: it's meta, but I think, right. like, a lot of Tim Burton stuff that is meta, it also is very... Sincere.
2: Yes. and That's uh, the big thing. the idea to make it like through Ed Wood rather than about it, right? You know, it's like, it's not like, look at this wacko. It's sort of like. It's very sincere kitsch, which is this 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 other thing that
1: he's really kind of owning at this point where there's like no ironic distance, which is so big at that point in the nineties of just like.
3: Or it's coming, it's coming into fashion. Yes. Right. And you know, I, I, I've seen the movie. I saw it when it came out. Mm -hmm. I probably saw it another time. And then the last time I saw it before watching it again for today was maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. I just I decided to turn it on and show and and watch it with my son who at the time was eleven, mm-hmm. twelve. I'm like, I'm not sure that you're your going to connect. Like it? That you're going to connect with this mm. movie and yeah. You never you don't know what Plan Nine is, sure. so right? If you, have you don't have of any reference. of this kitsch or sure. whatever, yeah. And there's obviously cross dressing and and other stuff that m- maybe deserves a discussion at some point, but. Let's just watch it. And he's like, I love it. That's a great movie. Yeah. It's such a winning movie. Well, I realized what it was rewatching it today. It's like, it's the Muppet movie it's yeah. a it's
2: oh sure because it's like a family it's a, a family kind of, of weirdos right. colorful people trying, right, to, right, right. trying
3: to get into Hollywood <laughs> which you're talking yeah. about my favorite
2: kind of story yeah right It's right. like the movie where at the end you sort of see everyone together and you're like oh right they've all sort of been in this together yeah, the, the ragtag group right, that
1: becomes right. family right and, yeah. and fights against the odds or is and they it got Sarah Jessica
3: said, oh it's the same old like drug addicts and misfits right <laughs> <That's laughs> but like, it is yeah.
1: like especially like it's one of those movies where I get choked up when it does the sort of end postscript right catch-ups on the characters, because you're like, what a fucking group he built around them. Like, totally. all these, like, wacky people who all, like, they, they were all misfit toys who ended up on the same and island. And they had all
3: been drawn pr- to L.A., presumably for the same reason, because right. they all loved movies or television. Sure. Right. Yes. I mean, and, you know, Bunny Breckenridge right. mm-hmm. was this actor who, <laughs> this is the thing I didn't realize, Paul Marco, the actor who played the the, yes. the cop, yeah. who's played in this movie by Ban- Max Casella. Yeah.
1: The great Max
2: Gisella. Yeah, The great Max Casella younger Max Casella. The post, baby face. Yeah. I know, like, post yeah. big newsies. But, right, and yeah. newsies but yeah. pre he's in the Sopranos and he's like enough. hey fuck you, you yeah. know, yeah. like which just became his thing.
3: But uh, it, uh Breckenridge was this financially uh, you know like very wealthy socialite. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh gay drag performer. Yes.
2: Who and he was like
1: Shakespearean He's very well trained He's like, Marco, he's
2: right. Right. He's like yeah. of the Breckenridges, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. famous ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like his
3: great grandfather was a secretary of state or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. And he grew yes. up in Paris. He was, he was married for some unknown C. reasons. Research Vice yeah. president. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> he got into the circle because he was sharing an apartment with Paul Marco. Yeah. They were yeah. like ru- roommates. Right. And like, Like this rando people, like, yeah, my roommate trying
1: to live in LA, right? This movie, like, changes the timeline of certain people coming in so that you don't have to introduce everyone separately. But I read that the way that Paul Marco got into show business was that uh, uh, Griswold, like, predicted he was going to have a big career oh, in hollywood I griswold, yeah i heard griswold, that too sorry yeah griswold and, yeah come on get out uh, of here clark griswold, clark predicted. griswold. <laughs> uh it's in it's if you watch vegas vacation it's in that oh, movie it's weird. It's in, yeah um, he just turns to
2: the camera all, yes. all of a sudden right
1: uh no but griswold did like say like i predict you will become a major movie star and he's like i guess i gotta be in movies right um well like here's the thing i i always thought about was like uh Paul Marco's daughter was my, like, uh, chorus teacher in, like, middle school. Okay. Holy
3: moly. Okay.
1: And she, like, told me she was, like, you know, my dad. Because there's a the whole thing where he sets up the Paul Marco fan club that they say at the end. Yeah, at the end, right. That they, like, Disney had reached out and were like, Tim Burton doing an Ed Wood movie. We'd love your participation. And he was like, I'm so angry at these people, like, making fun of Ed Wood, making this cottage industry, this thing that was really sincere. And was, yeah. like, really against it. Because he felt like everyone was asking him to give quotes on these books. Of, like, the worst movies of all time. Right, right. was like, right. we were coming from a really pure place. Yeah,
3: we were friends. Right. They were, they were all friends. And he was like,
1: yes. it was my father's, like, greatest regret in life that he— couldn't believe that they would be making a sincere like compassionate movie about him when he saw it he was so touched that they like oh right keyed into what was infectious about this guy why all these people were drawn to him Yeah, and it is that Muppet Show thing where you're just like why does Gonzo think that there's a place for him in the industry Right, like with that routine Right, but it's like he literally can't conceive of anything else and the same
3: thing there was still a lot of chicken based vaudeville though in 1979 (laughs) to be fair there was a touring opportunities and that sort of thing
1: but all these people like that he he gathers around them fit into that sort of like oddball space yeah. where it's like I got no other
3: options. And you, you believe there's no moment where you, you don't believe that they are all happy being there together. Yeah, like uh, right. you know, because
2: you know what Bella's getting do? in the lake, right. right? It's like yeah, but like Vampira, you know, she'll take his calls because she kind of knows he's sort of a like weirdly winning guy, yeah. even yeah. though he's kind of hassling her. He's like you know, hey Vampyra, like you know. And, because he's not—he's—I don't know. There's something about him, right? Like that's yeah. the movie. The movie's not what I hate about the biopics, which is what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Is if it's about some genius, there has to be the moment where the genius has the moment of genius, and then he, you know, decides sure. to Van Gogh decides to paint the sunflowers or whatever. Right. And it's very hard to represent that in a film. Yes, like yes. to represent no, creativity, light bulb over the head. Right. <laughs> Done. Shit, <laughs> you're right. Oh, what the hell. And instead it's class, of classic, yeah, um,
3: obviously, this movie is you not. not you don't see that on your computer? This guy's never seen tune before.
2: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You were saying. Um, this movie doesn't do any of the bullshit where it's like, I don't know, Ed Wood sees like a hubcap and he's like, that looks like a flying right, You know, yeah. It doesn't do any of that stupid short. It just, it's all about his personality. Like everything. That's the core of the movie. And so everything that follows from it just makes a weird sort of sense, even though it shouldn't make any sense. And at And he's all.
1: also a survivor. Like it's all yes, like instinct right. because people keep on throwing these like curveballs in the way and he just adjusts. And it's right. like, I just need to make the thing. Right. I, yeah. I believe in myself so thoroughly that compromises be damned, this movie will be a winner once it's finished.
3: But also he believes in the in the weirdos that he That's surrounds himself right. with. And that whole thing where they're up all night. And and Lugosi gets into the water with the fake octopus. Yeah, yes. and Marcos lost the octopus motor. One of the great two words put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make sure to say it like four times because yeah. it's such a good phrase. And they and they and they they've been shooting all night, and then they get back to the soundstage, and they have to keep shooting. Yeah, and he gives each of them this little pep talk that is totally sincere and like you you if you were around him, you would do that too. I would right. be in that movie. Right. And these are you know people. I mean? How could who are, you say no to him? Yes. Right. Yeah.
1: These are all people who are all in show business for the right reasons because it's clear to all of them that they're never going to make it, like, real big. Right. You know, everyone below Ed who believes that he is going to have the breakthrough is like, I've sort of found my, like, middling spot.
3: Yeah, exactly. Criswell is doing weird uh, 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 predictions. But they
1: love doing the work. They don't know how to do anything else. And they love the
3: infectious spirit of other people who are as trapped as they are. What's the line where – and I don't know how how historical this is, but mm-hmm. he gets the money from this Baptist church to make I I believe a nine. Accurate. Yeah. And they have it's like, and he says to Paul Marker, Keep your Sunday open the Baptist Yes, we're getting right. baptized we're Getting baptized, and I can't remember whether it was Criswell or someone else says to him like how do you get it's, all of it's your funny, friends right. it's funny Bunny Breckenridge they're you do all it like standing Eddie. in yeah. the
2: pool right, right. and it, it is right so after Bill Murray's
1: almost drowned and he just yeah. goes like I don't know how you do it and you well, get all your friends Murray, to get baptized Murray right. does
2: nail that line, right where it's like do you renounce Satan and all that sure that had to have been a Murray like he's so
1: good in this
3: I mean this was like
2: where was Bill Murray at this time? Ben and I were talking about that cuz he's, he's, kind of he's in the middle He's in the like he's about to enter his kind of family zone I feel like. Like Larger right? Than like, Life His like Yeah. Am, Let's say, I mean, Groundhog part. Day is just the year before. Wow. So I okay. guess all right. I mean that that was obviously that's a wonderful movie. But then the, his his next movies are Kingpin Larger Than Life Space Jam The Man Who Knew Too Little wild things like yeah, what's weird you know. is that
1: like this period he's like really good when he's taking supporting roles and his vehicles aren't as good
2: right
3: yeah you know man his his monologue after they've wrapped on bride of the monster mexico was a nightmare oh my, that is so beautifully played well and
1: that's like an example you look at this movie like from 1994
3: yeah you establish that, right? Check the computer, David. David can you look up on the computer? Is that what year this movie was Ed released? It was in? 1994, 1994. Yes, right. the year of our lord. Maybe you want to check the computer though because
2: it's there. You might as well use it, right? Sept- September septi- Oh, it was at the New York Film Festival. September Sept- really? 23, 1994. Uh, uh, I, I just
1: think I'm sure this is a thing that uh, all of you gentlemen have uh, found as well. But you watch uh, almost any studio comedy from the years 1981 to 2004. And the level of just like casual homophobia right. and transphobia is right. just like off the charts. Like, very few make it through without one thing where you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Sure. Yeah, like, sure, sure. E- 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 right. Yeah. And like, here's like a movie that's actually dealing with like at this time, like pretty marginalized sexual orientations and fetishes and things like that. In the that. time of the
3: movie and. Weirdly in 1994 still. Still, Right.
1: And most comedies you think would really make a joke out of like, and the weirdest thing of all is he wears their clothing. Right. Right. You know, like that would be the coup de grace like set piece thing. And the movie, like it walks, once again, it's this fine line, but it's like, it doesn't take it so seriously where it then feels like condescending to be like, you don't understand his struggle. Right. Right but it it has a lightness of touch it allows them to be fully rounded people and human but it there's like no shaming to any of their styles no. i mean it's and why it i under- love that picture and, and so much
2: right how comforting it was for him like yeah. you know and you understand anytime he's dressing like up especially in public like that he's relaxed he's trying to de-stress like yeah. it never feels like just a visual punchline like oh look there he is again right like no and right.
3: the, and the moment where he it's the same rap party yeah in the in the oh yeah where he does the, the dance in the locker right. yes yeah. that, uh, that's owned by the cowboy who gave the money to make the movie Rance Howard yeah right.
1: Ron Howard's father oh is that who that is mm-hmm. oh, it Was wow. really good.
2: he this. was yeah. really great really great yeah
3: so that a, dance so he comes he's in he's, <laughs> a slow, he's a good boy
2: he's a little slow he's a good boy I no, think no, he no. can make one hell of a leading man
3: <laughs> I Sorry, want there to be ahead. a big the... explosion <laughs> at the end yeah
1: but he's you know, that that's sort of like I mean, I Johnny Depp's thing he always said was like his two inspirations for this performance were Howdy Doody and Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that sort of like bobble headed like right. enthusiasm. Like, we'll make that work. Yeah. yeah.
3: He's all teeth, he's all smiles. Yeah. But except when he doesn't have teeth, because right. he takes his teeth out. Yes, he does. To 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 become to have a little some right. Dracula in him. And when he does the dance and, and he's in his Angora mm-hmm. and he's wearing a veil, and he takes the veil off at the end of the dance and he's doesn't have his teeth in it is a resting image It's one of the most i mean amazing images i've seen in movies
1: and and like you know then sarah jessica parker freaks out and says like don't i see you but it's not
3: it's not that moment it's like look at this freak wearing women's clothes and
1: in fact it's It's like like, like, this
3: this guy has layers upon layers in him that we are just seeing a little bit of but Mm -hmm.
1: those are also the only moments in the movie where i think the film passes judgment on characters is when there is a character who passes judgment on right the oddballs right you know because yeah. it's like they're just living their life yes you know uh, it it I mean there's something so uh, sweet about it that like everyone just on Facebook like there's a moment you know you barely see uh, uh, Tor Johnson and and Bunny Breck and Rich like corresponding. And then Tor comes up to him at the party and says, like, "What does he say? Like, yeah, Mister Bunny, what happened to your operation?"
3: <laughs> and it's just he, like, is he the one who prompts that? Yeah. yeah, he's the one standing next to Mexico
2: was a nightmare. Yeah. Right, yeah. but you
1: just go like everyone when they get into this like weird family goes like, "What's your deal? Cool, got it. Cool, got it." Like they're all so disparate, but they're all just like fine with each other,
2: and they
3: don't judge each other at all. And just in terms of in terms of writing and filmmaking, yeah, that exchange is eminently cuttable. Yes. Like if you got to get a couple right. minutes because out of this movie, it has movie, no bearing
2: on the. It doesn't move anything, anything forward. Right.
3: If anything, it provides a glimpse into this character who is really not a main, obviously not right. a main a character. character, right?
1: No, who's you know, you go like, hey, studio, here's gonna help sell your movie. We got Bill Murray, he'll have funny one liners, no, and then here's I, a,
3: I'm not so cynical that I thought of it in those terms. No, I don't, but, but I'm saying I, this is right, the scene that makes
1: him a tragic figure, yeah, right. And they're no. like, don't put that in there, we want him to just be the funny one liner guy, right, right, it's no. Bill Murray playing camp, and they're like, no, we're gonna make him like a man with like pathos and struggles, and right. like, but
3: it's also the source of one of the funniest lines in the movie, yes. which is when he said, and like, I would have died. If not, if for, not these, for these right. men and he gestures to the mariachi <laughs> right. band. And that's they're
1: They're his it's, plus one. He brings them with him all the time now because they're the only thing still keeping him And suddenly him up, there's right. this
3: whole other backstory yeah. movie that I would love to see. At he lost point. his luggage.
1: He lost his boyfriend, but right. he claimed with him a mariachi band who now will not leave it's his side. So,
3: and I don't know whether that was scripted or whether that was a, but it
1: feels right. Like that's it the feels, thing. Like, that's, right, what it, yeah. that's
3: what it does for this movie. It makes yes. the world feel real deep meaningful, you see that connection, which I had forgotten about between Tor yes. and Bunny. Right. That makes, that, that reveals the like, that this is what's happening the in the background. Yes. They're all, they're all hanging out together. They're all friends. They have camaraderie, camaraderie, set right. camaraderie. Like you and I shared on the Tick season two. Mm. Camaraderie. Sure. We're both engaged in a, in a, I'm just, I'm not I'm sorry if you didn't feel it. I definitely no, no, felt a No, I mean, sense of w- uh, esprit de corps.
1: The sound stage where we filmed was often negative uh, 15 degrees, sure. so you and I would usually
2: huddle together for warmth. Yeah, right, right, right. You had to be together simply because the human body right. Like, right. generates more I mean, warmth. So,
3: so much of so much of set uh, camaraderie is bonding through trauma.
1: Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So we got very close.
3: Yeah. I'm just I'm just pointing out the very yeah the, we we saw we saw a lot of shit together. Right. That David didn't see because I just met you at a wedding. It's true. But yeah. we saw a lot of shit at that wedding. That's true. Lot, Some good meals. Down. Right.
1: Like working on a show.
3: Of, <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I'm trying to play this up. Never That's mind. Funny. Ben edited this out.
1: Working on a I show like it. The Tick.
3: The Tick season for, two. For
1: how difficult it is. It's a hard show to make. Yeah. Uh, it, it does have that feeling sometimes. Like the Ed Wood thing where you look around and you're like, what the
3: fuck are we doing? Yeah.
1: Not in a dismissive way, but you're it's like.
3: like wh- how is this happening?
1: There are like PAs getting on their walkie talkies, like hurriedly yelling that someone needs to come and touch up a nipple. Right. You know, because they're like prosthetic nipples and we have like puppets and like robots and suits sure. malfunctioning. Spoilers, my, my like,
3: character has 20 nipples. Is that true?
1: No. <laughs> it's the tick. It could be true. But there are things my like... My character's
3: named Nipslip. <laughs> There are
1: things like that that on set where it's like PAs very seriously saying like, is the nipple flying in? What's the ETA on the nipple? It's taking
3: the most ridiculous stuff seriously. Right. Which is what this movie is about. And all of us are like, I I hope this works, right? right, Like, I
1: think this is funny. Like, we're all just like... In it together in, like, I mean, like, uh, sub-zero weather. That's right. That's it. Peter's costume and gets And then you and Peter hired so that mariachi
3: band we to entertain us. We hired TAMS. a mariachi band to entertain us. Peter's was costume is very warm, sweat. right?
2: That's it's very why warm, it was cold. so they had yes. to
1: drip. Like, he would still be sweating in the costume, and the rest of us were all, like, hyperventilating.
2: It sounds like a great way to do things. It's just, right? just, like, just it's like no one's happy. One is hot. Everyone else is cold. I was happy, but yeah. it's the
1: thing. Like you just oh, you're happy because
2: you're in the company
3: of Mr. Newman. I was in. I was in good company, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not have to wear one of those costumes.
2: Right.
1: No, you right. you got to wear no- a normal person clothing. Right. You had to... the least intense costume of anyone on the show.
3: Yeah, and not only was it n- non. Uh, non-styrofoam uh, or whatever mm-hmm. you have going on there. A lot of different things. Not, not, yeah. <laughs> not, not only was it non-confining, you're was it very, you're wearing zero circuitry. It was very forgiving. Soft clothes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was soft clothes. Basically soft. Yeah, yeah, you know, was soft clothes. clothes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Edward, yeah, he, uh, he's a director, he lives in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, this movie is pretty much about uh, the production trying of to three. Remember the plot. What of are three your favorite movies. things about the movie, David? What? You're putting me on
3: the spot. Well, that's fine. You gotta, look it up. Look, look it up on your computer
2: Favorite oh, things about that. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about that I occurred to me as you were ta- is one thing I like about his love of Lugosi mm-hmm. over Karloff, right? Yeah. So the, obviously, Boris Karloff is is a legend. I I, I do not have Bella Lugosi. He was a real person. Yeah, he, was, he, he was a real actor. Who he, he did lived. exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he legend. was a, it's a legend. No, no, Mr. No. Wayne. <laughs> um, no, but you know, obviously, Karloff was more about the makeup as well, you know, Sure. that early scene when Ed is watching Lugosi do the, the hands and Ed is sort of mimicking him on the, um, yeah, he's doing those classic, creepy summoning Dracula hands, uh, is like that, that I did the pure charisma of Lugosi as a performer and like the physicality, Mm -hmm. like mattering so much more than anything else, which is so crucial to Edward because he has, nothing to work with he has to steal or scrimp like you know anything he's even using as a set or a prop Um, I love that I I love I just love Lugosi and he
1: says it in the movie but uh, Bell Lugosi was the first choice for Frankenstein and he was like this is not a part befitting a real actor
2: right this is like right. a stuntman part. He's got a, right. no Special dialogue. effects, right, exactly. I'm just groaning what, you know, Dracula Dracula right.
1: is about. But know. that movie was Charisma. so huge, and Karloff, who was like 50 at the time, had been like a struggling actor forever, like overnight became a star, and then that led to him getting to play like romantic leads and verbal parts. Like it opened up all these other doors for him. And for, Kar- Karloff. for Karloff. Karloff's amazing. I mean,
2: because didn't Lugosi eventually play Frankenstein? Yeah, so
1: the crazy thing is like he Like in turns one of the down, late sequels. Dracula, they don't really make. The same amount of straightforward sequels as they do with the other monsters. They do like Dracula's daughter and shit like that, right? Right. But Frankenstein immediately becomes like franchise-y in the way the Wolfman did, or Wolfman didn't really, but Invisible Man certainly did, right? Um, and uh, so the first Frankenstein movie has Fritz, who's like the Igor equivalent, right? Yeah. Okay. The second one doesn't have a character filling that function, and then the third one, Lugosi had like it was such a fatal mistake that he had turned down Frankenstein. There weren't Dracula sequels being made. He had sort of lost. Oh, he his needed moment. money. He right. comes back and he plays Igor. So
3: oh. his
1: character is Igor, and it's he's the one who is like the prototype. Right. Of yes, the, that's the um, son
2: of Frankenstein. The hunchbacked right, right, right. sort right. of like right. assistant
1: sort of guy. He's more of a like Romanian gypsy sort of type. Right. Sure, but it's with the hunch and the and the whatever. And he then becomes sort of the major antagonist of the sequels. Right. He becomes this like weird Machiavellian like sort of right. Uh, he's oh yeah, he's in a King lot of Lear, them. not King Lear, the Richard, III Richard the third sort III, of figure. Right, yeah. And then the ghost of Frankenstein.
2: Yeah. Which wow, that's the next one is right. the
1: first one that uh, Karloff is not, not in. in. Long Cheney Jr. plays him.
2: Uh yep correct.
1: Uh ends with uh Igor getting his brain implanted into Frankenstein's monster, so he has the power of Frankenstein.
3: Why are you saying Igor? It's is Igor. It Igor, isn't it?
2: Because his character's name is Y G O R. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, because then in Frankenstein Meets the Wolf Man, Bella is now Frankenstein, right? Right. So
1: they were like, he really okay, wants so to wh- play Frankenstein. Y-Gor's
2: brain transforms right. into the face. monster? Correct. So that's enough excuse. to so just like, sure he can. Right.
3: Yeah. right. So now. Wait a minute! Now the monster, Frankenstein's monster, has got Wygor's brain in his, which means head. he now
1: looks like Wygor.
3: No, no, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, here's the crazier thing I'm about to tell you guys. Okay, okay. can't wait. So his character gets blinded, which is also why he wants himself put into Frankenstein's monster body through
3: that through that through those old decomposing he's got the power, eyes. Right. He's
1: got clear eyes again, what have you? Right. But the logic chain that they follow is, oh no, but he's blind in his brain, so when you put him in a new body, even if it has correct eyes oh. he won't
3: see now why Gore
1: is blind too so they shoot the whole movie where now Frankenstein's monster can talk he right. sounds like Bela Lugosi he is. and he's blind Ooh. so he spends the whole movie with his arms out in front of him feeling around like groping out to make sure he doesn't walk oh. into shit and talking like Bela Lugosi and they screen it they test screen it and the audiences think it's fucking ridiculous right they're like why does I don't want to hear Frankenstein talking certainly not in that accent right he has way too much dialogue So they cut out almost all of his dialogue. He's in the movie for like less than 10 minutes. And that is why without context, because they don't explain it, all kids' impressions of Frankenstein's monster oh, is the, the arms uh, out.
2: Right, right, because right. Because right. that's
1: this weird vestige of he's feeling around to make sure he doesn't walk into a wall. This was Ghost of Frankenstein? This is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, right? Yes. That
2: okay. is the one in which he is the monster. It's
1: mostly yes. a Wolfman
2: movie and right. Right. that's sort Ron of Lon Chaney like, Jr. Right. is the top liner there. Right. And
1: that's sort of the end of his like legitimate... And
2: what year would that have been? That is 1943. Would you ask the internet? 1943. Yeah, that's Ended like the answers. end
1: of the line for him in terms of like the serious universal monster
2: movies. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find like a list of his. Because he made, I mean, it's right. You know, you look up any of those old actors, and it's like their filmography is is a freaking, right. you know, it's but a it'll scroll be, he that's He becomes two like a guy long. where it's like I'll do I like one. You have to deal with
1: a
3: lot because of your reliance on the internet. Yeah, it's hard right. to parse. Some exactly. of us are working off yeah, the dome. He
1: also he played Dracula and woman. Abbott
2: and Costello Meet Frankenstein.
1: Right. But it doesn't even get later. like good billing. No, he's no, no,
2: not at all. He also was in a movie called Bella Lugosi Meets a Brooklyn Gorilla. Of course.
1: Is probably right. my single
2: favorite movie title of all time. It's a good I, movie title. Uh, and I it's guess. got like two guys who are being like. They were Dean, they were, uh, uh, dean, dean Martin and Jerry, right. and Jerry Lewis knockoff. Right, right. but act. they're not. Right, yeah. Right. They're just sort of. You're supposed to get the idea. Right. Uh, have you guys seen Dracula? Like, yeah. The, the Ridge. The Ridge. Yeah, Dracula. That, the Fox. Lugosi Dracula. It does. Yeah. It's I a don't really know good. I've seen it. It's a good movie. It's a really good bad boyfriend movie, which is mostly what it's about, is mm-hmm. like you know, my daughter is like acting all weird. And then at night, like he just shows up at the window and he's like, I am Dracula. And it has no music. Yes. Because it was made so early in the sound days that they couldn't have dialogue and music at the same time. Is it Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Correct. Yeah. And so if it, he made Freaks after. And right? then that killed his career. Right. Freaks, Freaks is his blank check. Yes. Right. Um. And so when you watch it, you can watch it these days. There are like, I think like. Philip Glass wrote a score yeah. for it that like an orchestra there can are, perform or whatever, tracks, mm-hmm. but it's fun to watch it with no music.
3: I'm not going to watch it unless it's Danny Elfman music. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we could probably rope him in. Um, but but that, it's weird yes. to watch it with no score because there's, the there's weird no movie that's like ambient sound this. of
1: just like the castle. Just the
2: sort of hum. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like where like someone's walking up the stairs and Dracula's like creeping up behind him and you expect the like, mm-hmm, and instead it's just silence. And that's, the Dracula just grabs yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's very scary. scary. It's very weird. And then
1: the other crazy thing is they were like, we should make one for Spanish-speaking audiences right. too. So at night when they wrapped, oh, they would yeah. use the
2: same sets and Shot for shot stuff, the right. same
1: movie with Spanish actors. Wow. Speaking Have Spanish. Have you ever seen that one? Yes. A lot of people that. think that one's better. Really? But Lugosi yeah, is so good. They're very similar. They, they, but the lighting's a little more interesting. It gets was, a little uh, more stylized.
2: Who was uh, uh, Dracula in the I, I don't know the guy's name. Oh, wait a second. Oh. I've got a computer in front of me. I oh bet I can boy. look this up. I
1: will oh. say this. The lead, the female lead of the Spanish Dracula is uh, past and hopefully future guest uh, Chris, Chris White's uh, grandmother.
2: Uh, L- L- Lupita Tovar. Is that her yes. name? Yes. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Villar. as Dracula. Sounds oh, good. What, and, what, and what else did he do? Doesn't look like he had a long career. He's uh, only got a few.
3: He movies.
1: did. Uh, Carlos Villar meets a, a Spanish gorilla.
2: <laughs> a Spanish Harlem gorilla. Yes. You got to stick to the New York.
0: Sorry.
2: <laughs> All right. I never saw. I never saw that original Dracula. It's worth seeing if They're it's real. ever like at a. But know, he was a rep. he was a a, a seducer. That right, it's very thing. much a romantic, scary romantic right. That's why thing. I didn't want to play. That was his a big He wasn't. Was a he monster. was like I'm no, a real he, actor. He I'm as a romantic
1: a, lead. I'm sexy. Yeah. I'm magnetic. Yeah. Right.
2: The problem was he has this very thick accent, and, and so studios. <laughs> 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 if you if you really train your ear, you can pick it up, huh. and studios are like, this guy can't like play yeah. anything but Dracula. I know. I mean, yeah. the
3: idea that the idea that this guy never mind the accent. I mean. Physically, he kind of looks like
2: a monkfish, right? <laughs> you know, like,
3: yeah. And yet, yeah, I understand that he was a a, a leading man in right. European cinema.
2: And and yeah. and on the stage, right? He would do all his uh, his traveling Dracula stage traveling Drac, right. right?
1: Which is such a weird thing to think about. Where it's like that's what happened to most actors is like their autumn years would be like reprising their most famous sure. role in right. local theater. Like Jimmy Stewart did, oh. like Harvey for like fifteen years.
2: Yeah, because there wasn't VHS. People, that's right. how people, people would see the movie. See yeah. right. that's Laurel, the, that Laurel and Hardy movie that at this point has right. already come out and yes. been forgotten is about their last tour right. together, the, where they're doing the same old bits. Like, or they might. Be adapting them to a radio play. Like right, there were right, so
3: many right. radio plays that were made based on Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. Movies you just you'd you just,
1: have your shtick and you right. put it in like wherever you could. Yeah. Um, no, I mean that that, that was the Legosi thing was sort of like the the vanity of like you know I I will not uh, uh, succumb to being a lowly uh,
3: monster. Oh, which figure. is also like the most that's the most terrifying horror story in Hollywood, right? right. That's where you, you like here's where I take my stand. Right. And it's the most, the the, the worst decision. You right. Can. Because Even which where like, you have a fine. vision you of yourself right that the rest right. of the world doesn't right. have. Karloff
1: they, like had like no career beforehand, does Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and like blows up. Right. And then his next universal monster is the mummy. And the mummy, he only looks like a mummy for like, Five fucking minutes. He rises from the tomb and then very quickly becomes a very suave romantic lead, and it's the kind of part that Lugosi wanted to play. And Karloff right. like took the monster role and then became the kind of actor that Lugosi wanted to be for the next several
3: decades. What was it that Bunny, said, when they're they're getting baptized, and the chiropractor who's replacing Lugosi, who's now dead, yes, <laughs> right. as a body double, and there's right. that gag, where Edward says, "Cover the bottom of your face." Yeah. And he's like, it's it really looks canny. just like Lugosi. Yeah. It's uncanny. Head. It's like, no, it's canny. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty, pretty <laughs> canny. He does not look like him at all. And Buddy says, have him say, Karloff is a cocksucker. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. Right. laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that works. Uh, such a beautiful, like when, when characters in an ensemble like that, when the characters reveal that they have shared jokes, Yes. yes, it's such it's a it's such a well. That's why that dancing scene beautiful is so great too. To
2: where you're like, oh right, they're all so bought into all of it. Like, right, yeah. they're all right. so cool with it.
3: But and the, and the, and that's revealed with with such gentleness, that, mm-hmm. like because just, of you're yeah.
2: looking at it through Ed's eyes. That's yeah. why I think the movie is so brilliant. Right, where it's like Ed sees Bella, he meets him. Right, he knows something's up with him. Like Bella's right. a sad figure. He lives in this crummy house out in the middle of nowhere. But you know, there's like that line where he says
1: a, a big star, like you must you must have tons of pictures lined up. Right. Like you cannot have right. can't can't them no,
2: in. Right. And then, you know, in that first when you know, when Bella goes off to obviously like take, you know, his heroine.
1: Right. You have that amazing uh, like sort of like shadow and play.
2: Like, ah! right. And to Ed, like Ed knows something is up, but he doesn't really think about it that hard. Yeah. Do you guys
3: know that I I was- love kids? <laughs> <laughs> You guys know that I was a literary agent? Yes. In the yes, 1990s? Yes. 1994, I was working at Writer's House Literary Agent when this movie came out. Okay. And do you know that I was the literary agent to Bruce Campbell, the actor? Really? No, oh,
2: if Chins Could Kill or whatever. If Chins Could Kill right, was the book. That was the book that I sold for him. Damn. Wow. That Good was a job. big book. That book was everywhere. Yeah. Like, it, I would, anytime I was in a library, it would be prominently displayed Libraries. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Sails>. Thieves.
3: Thieves. Thieves. <laughs> They buy one book, these jerks. <laughs> these cock <laughs> sucking librarians, <laughs> Eddie. You don't even have to pay for membership. Uh. If there are librarians listening to this now, let me tell you. Stop stealing from me. John Hodgman
2: vacation and available in bookstores for sale so I can feed my children. Wait, so was Bruce Campbell your agent to sort of complete the circle once you started writing books? That
3: would be fun, you know.
2: (laughs) Well, he would have done a better job for me than I did for him. Oh, what do you mean?
3: Well, no, but it was a a thing where, like, we had just gotten the internet in the office. Yeah. And first thing I did was type in my name. Yeah. Nothing came back. Next thing I did was type in Bruce Campbell. Like five million Campbell. angel
1: fire pages. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, including right. his own. Right? Sure, <laughs> sure.
3: So he had a GeoCities or something. Yeah. And he was, he was, before there was blogging, he was blogging. He was writing yeah. like, here's this weird story from when I was on set for McHale's Navy uh-huh. with Tom Arnold sure. or whatever. Right. And he was a funny writer.
2: Right. So and he'd wrote, done it all. He'd been around. Yeah. Right. yeah.
3: And, I, and, I, and I clicked the email thing and I said, have you ever thought about writing a book? I'm sure you're, and it was the same thing. It's like, you must have dozens of movies lined right. up. Right. He's like, no, I'm living on a lavender farm in yeah. Southern Oregon. Crazy! I uh, have all the time in the world to write this book. And so he did. And I also felt like, well, this is my, this is my big break. Yeah. Like, I've got a celebrity book. I've got a celebrity client. Right, you know, Bruce Campbell, star of Evil Dead and uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, right. right. Uh, these uh, this was uh, uh, music to no ears in, <laughs> in publishing in 1997 but that or book eight. Or did so. sell very well. It right? did, of course, yeah. because people were dumb. Right. Yes. Like it's hard. It's hard to imagine a time now. Yeah. When what we term as nerd culture right. Right. or mm-hmm. geek culture or, or film niche- culture or niche right. 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 or anything. I mean, this was. In the mid to late '90s, there was barely an internet at this time. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, Bruce was this classic guy who, if he went to a horror movie convention, right, people would go bananas. People right. would go bananas in the convention hall, yeah, right. and in the lobby, he'd just be this shemp that right. no one would know right. who he was or care. You know, and the the people who were buying books at the time were a lot were lobby people. Yeah. They were you know they they're like get me. I don't know these movies. These movies are this adventures of Briscoe County jr. Wasn't that show canceled? I'd have to be like, yeah, but there wasn't much of an argument to make for that. But But I would say, look, he's going to these conventions and he'll sit there and sign things that people bring to him for two hours. Right, Right. And the, the one thing that he's not signing is, Something that he owns, his book. Well, and the other you know? thing
1: is you go like, okay, so maybe only 2% of the population in 1994 knows Bruce Campbell by name. But every single person in that 2% is, is gonna going buy to buy book. that book. It's not like, oh, yeah,
2: right. Tim You're Allen. describing the economic right. model of all podcasts as
1: right, well, no, right. they that's, that's, my point <laughs> out. It's, it's yeah, when like pop culture right, changes right. where it's like yeah. they realize like, well, if you have a really engaged niche. Right. You can produce the same numbers as someone who's known you by everyone. You can be
2: right. You most people might not know you, but you can be enough people's favorite thing. Like It was that you, yeah, right, it was yeah. at a time
3: when you if if you if, if people were beginning to acknowledge that if that a niche was something you could sell to. But yes. it was also before but there was still a mainstream though. Now I, there isn't. Right. Sure. I think that's, I've I've told this story in
1: the podcast before, but I went to cover VidCon, the the YouTuber social media oh, sure. vlogger convention for a TV show that then got canceled after we uh, produced the package uh-huh. of me covering VidCon and we were in the lobby checking in and it was just like Beatlemania times a billion. Oh, were yeah. like every five seconds, another kid with like good sneakers would walk out and would get mobbed by 47, 13 year olds and their moms. And we were like checking and be like, do you know that is? Do you have any yeah. idea who that is? Have you even heard of these people? And then uh, I was like, Oh shit, look over there. And it was Katie Couric, Surrounded by like six bodyguards. Right. And she closed was like, fuck, let's just walk quickly. I don't want to get spotted. No one and cared. no one knew.
3: No one cared. Who and could you could see
1: her going from being like defensive, like I don't want to be bothered to being like, why is no one bothering me? Right. But it was that thing where it's like every single person who's a fan of this fucker with the swoop haircut and the and the dunks is standing right next to him right now. Right. And they will pay any amount of money for anything he touches.
3: Well, you guys are familiar with the Janoskians? The Janoskians. Come on. Yeah. A troop of young prank Google. prank video uh, uh makers oh, from boy. Oh, they're Australia, Australian say. yes. Okay.
2: I'm not familiar with these this people. Is, in 2013, I'm taking an airplane. They look like someone like just randomly cast a bunch of people to play YouTube stars. Yeah, exactly. But I, I thought you
1: were mispronouncing <laughs> the name of the uh, uh, battle-obsessed uh, alien bug species from Star Wars episode to attack the clones. The Genosians, of course.
3: The Genosians. The Genosians. no, The Genosians. Yeah. I, I took this plane to Chicago for, uh,
2: for uh, uh, a comedy festival.
3: A couple of these doofuses... Got kicked off couple the of plane. Janoskians.
2: Oh, they were they were were they doing a prank on the plane? They were trying to pull a prank on the flight attendant. Stags the flight and attendant says no. What was yeah, the prank?
3: Like, I, I don't. Was, do you think the, the pilot
2: was like we we got a couple Janoskins and like well, the traffic pilot, control? The
3: pilot, <laughs> all I all I know is that they they they, they came <laughs> these, these three young dudes I, right. came giggling hijacking came yeah. giggling down the aisle sure to take their seat wherever they were sitting. Yeah, right. And then there was a lot of whispering among the flight attendants. And then they came giggling back up the aisles. They were escorted off the plane. Wow. And wow. Uh, then the pilot got on and said, uh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be delayed for a few moments. A couple of uh, passengers had to be escorted from the plane. Uh, they uh, were not the kind of people we like to have flying. Uh, they don't uh, deserve to fly with us today. Frankly. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, like, you got, you wow. got heavy. But then, they, and then I landed and uh, – uh, 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 on the other side, everyone getting off the mm-hmm. plane was like, what was that? What was that? Oh, it the Janoskians, these YouTube kids. Mm. And they, they were coming to do something completely different. They're not part of the comedy festival. Yeah. But the, they, they finally arrived. They got the next flight. Uh-huh. And they were staying in my hotel. Oh, boy. And I had never seen this happen before. But by the next day, there was a constant vigil of hundreds of of teenagers like, outside, the, outside hotel. the hotel.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah, All the time. Like yeah. if you
3: were, and it was, it, and they were just waiting for them to come out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not exaggerating like hundreds of, of young people sitting on the ground. Yeah. And it was like, well, this is the kind of thing you, you would think like the Beatles. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like uh, anyway, people knew about Ed Wood and mainstream because this movie came out in 1994. Sure. People right. did not know, generally who bruce campbell was right and it was that they
2: might have heard of the evil dead right like that yeah. might and be i was definitely
3: ed wood to bruce to right. bruce campbell's bella in that point i was just like this is so incredible mr campbell thank right. you so much for having right. me i was taking the time he's like sure kid but here's a right. movie
1: about people who were not popular successful nor critically supported right you know it wasn't like oh they, they were the uh, Un, under uh, you no, know, sort of... Forgotten, essentially. Right, yes.
2: right. I mean, the thing about Plan 9... There's two. The, I mean, Bride of the Atom, I guess, the funny thing. Have you seen the movie? Have you guys seen these I've movies? I've seen Glenn I've or Glenda, Plan and Nine. I've seen Plan 9. I've seen, Plan Nine. I've, seen Plan Nine. Yeah. I've seen all three of the movies that are in this film. This this is no, the essentially, the I've structure seen. is... It's like, three films. Right. Glenn or Glenda, Bride of the Monster is what it was initially Com- called, in yeah. Plan 9. And Bride of the Monster, really, it's just the thing where Bella is like flopping around with the octopus right. that I guess Wait, is it it called of,
3: Bride of the Atom or Bride of the Monster? It was, it was it's called as Bride as of Red the Monster, Monster. some real yeah. deep internet knowledge yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah. Um, that you're up. welcome. Glenn or Glenda is a truly strange yes. thing. Yes. Because it's not. I've never seen it. It's not like a schlock movie like the other ones. Like art, no, it's a real like song of his heart. Yes, Yes. And he's in it, obviously. Right. But then also it has these cuts to. Bela Lugosi as a weird scientist man who's pulling right. the strings, that's pull the string right. right, and all this stock footage of like buffalos yeah, r- running incredible. by where you're like, I mean, that's the one that is aggressive outsider art, like you know yeah. where you're just like, I can't understand how anyone ever Th- thought that's this was. That's one of releasable. my favorite little like scene
1: more slits is the early chunk of the movie where he's working on the studio a lot. Oh, and he doing sees odd the stock jobs. footage guy. The stock right. guy brings him in. He's like, "What would you make out of this?" And he's narrating how he would work it into a narrative. <laughs> right,
2: right. Yeah, because the octopus is going to be his big climax right that's what's so good about this ways i mean Karasuski and alexander are such good writers they did american crime story right yeah. you know they did right. other things like they're sort of good at weaving all that in like organically that so yeah. when he then writes the script with the octopus in it like 50 minutes later like you know just, where he got like, that oh, of idea course. right yeah. yeah um and then plan nine i feel like it's not just that it's it's so crummy yeah but it's also the bellow thing the 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 dentist thing. Right. It became a it, it movie where it, you get sto- a chiropractor. Right. right. It's right. Chiropr- I'm sorry. The, the guy's
1: so big he couldn't come out of the grave. The actor died, so right. they hired a chiropractor. Like, the behind the scenes, y- it's where well, you're telling it. stories right.
2: to each other as you're watching this thing where you're like, right. you can't, you won't believe, like, what is the backstory here. Right. right. Yeah.
3: Unpacking Plan 9 is a lot more fun than watching Plan 9. Right. And Vampire is in it. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these movies are just conversations mostly. Like right. in You can't afford anything more. Exactly. Oh, God. I but love it when Dolores comes yes. in and plays the secretary, oh, and he's like, That was it. great. And she's like, I know it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that whole chunk of her, like, coming in asking for her motivation. He's right. like, You're a secretary. You're a, file clerk. <laughs> You're
2: a file clerk. You're going to file some things. Oh, boy. Um, right. He the, There's just enough uh, regular person in Edwood for him to not seem like a total space alien. Right. Like when he gets frustrated, you're like, okay, I'm glad right. the guy's frustrated because right, right, this right, right. obviously is beginning to mount on him. But I
1: think that's the reason, like, the thing that differentiated Ed Wood from a bunch of other guys is that, like, this was never hack work for him. Like, he was right. like, right. these are all opportunities for him me to, the like, big picture. Right, right. These right. are opportunities for me to really say something. Right. And the whole sort of Orson Welles thing that, like, he views himself as a obviously guy. that
2: scene is wonderful. Yeah. Right.
1: Which, you know, I mean, this is a, a thing that I love is that. It's
2: your man, Vincent, Ben.
1: Ben's best ben friend, Vincent D'Ofrio. D'Onofrio.
3: Vincent D'Onofrio, you plays a, Orson Welles. well. Are you a, a Danafi? Um, I
2: mean, he's, he's real into the Kingpin. I'm super into his performance as Kingpin. We also went to the same high school. Really? Oh, really? I I didn't know that. Yeah. Ben yeah.
1: tweeted at him, and and D'Onofrio retweeted. He did. But didn't give a follow back. Oh. No
2: follow oh. back. But that's okay. I'm going like, to get. One out of two ain't bad. I'm going to no. get D'Onofrio on the show someday. You think so, Vinny? Talk ditches. Sure. Yeah, we'll talk some ditches. One
3: time, my children, I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and okay. my children uh, decided to have a stoop sale mm-hmm. and uh, sell off some old uh, books and sure. stuff. And it. you know what? It's yeah. a dumb thing in Park Slope. And maybe it was a, also a lemonade stand. Maybe it was a... Oh, okay. A, oh, a, yeah. It's a, yeah. like a combination... A Taco, Taco Bell <laughs> and Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they were, they were youngish. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they couldn't just be out there on the street without having someone there. And boy, mm-hmm. was I glad that I was there to keep an eye out. Uh-huh. Because at some point I noticed this guy was just standing off to the side, just like watching my kids for a long time. Well, well, like a like and the, the, a really weird detail was that he was smoking a cigarette, but he was keeping the cigarette behind his back. <laughs> so every now and then he would just puff on the cigarette, and then I put it back behind it his behind back. Just kind of watch my kids sell lemonade yeah. and kind of nod along and take it all in. And get, it wasn't getting a real sense of menace necessarily, mm. but there was a definitely an odd vibe. Yeah. And I realized, oh, that's Vincent D'Onofrio. That's, Vincent that's fine. <laughs> the the, the D'Onofrio is just his way of being. This that's just him, right. him being, out in the, being out in the
1: world. I, I definitely remember seeing him in situations like that in the early two thousands in in New York City, like. Oh yeah, like, like, like in his like Criminal Intent years, where yeah. it was just like, oh, who's that weird guy? And he would be so, like, oh, that's famous character actor Vincent D'Onofrio. It is
2: so weird that He'd he was on a Law and Order first, show. Like, yes, where he played a Sherlock Holmes guy, yeah. for, like who would like look at the air and be like, the killer was left-handed, or <laughs> yeah. you know, like, shit like that.
1: But he was sort of this like regular kind of like uneasy presence of like Brooklyn and and downtown Manhattan in those years. He they cast him, I think, because of a physical resemblance to Orson Welles. Certainly not for his voice. Obsessed with Orson Welles and is like, this is like I want to. Like, really represent this man in this one scene. They shoot it. He doesn't sound enough like Orson Welles. Right. They dub him with Maurice Lamarche. With, sure.
3: with the brain. Voice of the brain. Right. He is
2: the brain. And he's, uh,
3: he's premier the premier Orson Welles impersonator. Like he, our is.
2: Our yeah. he is what Orson Welles sounds like to me. Like, I mean, when I hear Orson Welles, I'm like, man, well, you yeah. could maybe lay it on a but little thicker. Do
1: you know that, like, this becomes D'Onofrio's, like, Waterloo that he couldn't get the voice right? And he keeps on trying to play Orson Welles. And he eventually. A self finance directed, and starred <gasps> in a short film. No, that's like uh, Orson Welles getting ready for like a Mercury it's Theater like production. Yeah, Five Minutes, Mister yeah, Wells or, right. or
3: something. And he yeah. got the voice down, like to his credit. I bet his voice wasn't even that bad. And I'm going to say this right now.
2: I'd love to. Hear I love it.
3: that scene. Yes. It's a little. But it's yeah. really jarring. Oh, you yeah. mean the, 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 the dubbing Maurice itself? Yes. It is. Well, and, and even and I love Maurice Lamarche. Right. Yeah. I love the brain. I love the brain, but it is the brain. But it is so. It is su- it is such a bit, yes, yeah, that it does it doesn't feel it, right. It and this does a- give it a weird sort of mythic weight to it because well, I mean, it feels otherworldly. In the scene, but it sure, okay, he is trying to take right. over the world. Yes, yes, he is trying to take over the world. Same thing is plotting every right. other night, right? right. right. Uh, and, and, no, you're right, you're but right. but Donofrio really does look like Orson Welles, and the right. mannerism, the mannerisms all of it. Yes. It's I acting; mean, it's right. not just right. what he looks like. Yeah, I remember my the mom way he's lit, like, being only, like, you
1: know, the, when I was watching this movie for the first time, because Orson
3: Welles was lit a very specific way. Even if he was sitting in a bar, working on a working on getting funding for Don Quixote. Yes,
1: right. No, he he'd always bring in a fill light. Someone was telling. I was talking to someone who, Some frozen
3: peas. who worked
1: on one of the Mission Impossible movies, and they said, Tom Cruise, a fan comes up to him, will always stop, take the picture with him, but he'll make a lighting guy run in and hold up like a key light.
3: Oh, really? Me? Yeah. I and I was like,
1: that guy's a fucking pro. Yeah, because he's a pro. He's giving him a good photo. He knows his angles.
3: He's like, can you just that, come
1: in here and just three
3: quarters right here? Absolutely. Yeah. And he probably wants the other people to look good too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Boy, I, it's not often that I, people will ask for a photo with me. Uh-huh. But No? No, not uh, maybe. When I'm like yeah, when I'm, on, tr- right, right. When I'm person, on tour. Yeah, you're visually recognizable. When I'm on tour, like when I'm on tour for like Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. we'll do a meet and greet after, and then there'll be some photographs. Sure, but people just like i i I feel very happy that I've spent some time in front of the camera, so I know a little bit of how light works. Uh huh. Because people have no idea. Yes. Like they backlight themselves all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little inside baseball. A little light. I, I've told the story about. How do you feel about the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin? is currently the acting Attorney General of the United States. See, that's... Okay. That seems a controversial it feels choice. Like a conflict of interest. By also, Donald Trump yeah. to choose... <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he made it clear though, as the kingpin, as the kingpin, right, 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 as whatever the fuck his name is, Whitaker. Do you
1: know what right? I find funny about this? Like at the right, it's, uncan-
3: the, it's you want to say uncanny. Yeah. I'm not talking about like Bella Gosi looks like this chiropractor. No, These it's guys look a me. lot. It's one to one. one. <laughs> yeah.
1: What I find funny about this is at the time we're recording, Matt Whitaker is Matt the Whitaker. Acting, acting ag, yes. Right, yes. right, right, ag. By the time this episode comes out... Who knows? Even odds that Wilson Fisk is actually... Right. Yeah, actually, actually, he's jumped, jumped out of the pages of comic looks books. looks like right. him. Yeah. It will be literal Marvel supervillain yeah, Wilson my Fisk. my first yeah. act is to crush the spider. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Stiltman will be head of agriculture. Oh, sure.
2: I like I like Stiltman. Uh, Boonton High School was the high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. in New Jersey, was where the Misfits recorded their first album, Walk uh-huh. Among Us. Right. Which... References a lot of these films. Yes, the misses have Ed Wood song. Yeah, and
1: Booton, oh. New Jersey, is famous for being uh, the only uh, city in the United States of America that actually is located entirely within one boot. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. an old, dirty boot in a in river a ditch. in a ditch. Well, yeah, with a population of four thousand.
3: <laughs> what happened to that town? Is then they flooded. It's a port the boot. Key. They flooded.
2: They flooded it's yeah. a Port Key. Flooded. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. It's a battered old Port Key on a hill. So the former town that was built in a boot is under the river now. Oh, wow. Apparently, uh, yours, so there's like an Atlantis. Your, your yeah. waters were Sunken the first to be chlorinated. I'm reading a Wikipedia entry for yeah. Britain, well, New Jersey. Yeah, they, they have a site for where the chlorination happened. Right. The motto is a great place to live and work, which. You know, There's a question kind of mark. a, t- a second we to pass a board, workshop that a little bit more. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know, something a little
3: bit more specific. I just and think
2: it's a great place to live, work. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we, not-
3: at, we, we are a sunken city. <laughs> we're the Atlantis of New Jersey. We can come up with something a little bit more. <laughs> like even the Atlantis of the Garden State. <laughs> Toxic a Avenger. A chlorine soaked
2: ditch hole. Toxic Avenger? was, was Toxic? Discovered at my high school because he was the janitor. And they said, put Wait, him in a movie. When you said that, I thought you were kidding. No, that's true. Your, you know that wasn't actually a toxic event. actually the toxic event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was a joke no, when we talked about no. that. No. He I was w- like, we used to call him Melty. And then he got booked. <laughs> all right. I can't even. I keep don't, I of don't this track this anymore. <laughs> now, New Jersey is all satire anyway. It's a very ironic
3: state. I'm ben did grow up in Tromaville. Is, 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 Bo- is Booten, New Jersey, in pork roll territory or Taylor Ham territory? Oh, good question. Or no, Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham. Uh, Taylor Ham. Yeah. well... You are dead to me.
2: Get out of here, Ben. Wow, John is shaking with rage. This, this <laughs> you could have given me some warning. <laughs>
1: this is one of those ways that's hard to talk about because it is just like, oh, it's just perfect. Well, Here's another talk, scene that's perfect. Right. What's wrong? To,
2: the, what's w- wrong with? we talked Wood? about Nothing. a lot of the scenes. I, I feel like that particularly yeah. strike. I'm trying to think if there's right. anything else where I'm like, I mean, there, I'm trying
1: know. to think of like other elements. I feel like I we Christmas. haven't talked about. Yeah, I, I like
2: mean, that. I
3: like that the. Um, the disgraced senator from Godfather Two got work <laughs> as a
2: Baptist preacher. Yes, um, I also like what's his name, Mike Starr, the guy who plays <sighs> the like the yeah. producer who's like, look, I make crap. Like I already yeah. sold the poster in New uh, Mississippi. Oh yeah, like, he's that guy's so very funny. So
1: well, a thing I find interesting, just because I'll bring this up later, but I have seen the. The actual Christine Jorgensen story, the one where the the company she actually sold the rights to, which was slightly more respectable, but a a real kind of like schlocky melodrama company. So they weren't like schlocky, like, you know, genre films, Mm -hmm. but it was like ripped from the headlines, true melodrama stories. And that movie feels like the kind of thing that Burton is then riffing on in Big Eyes. Uh Uh-huh. Is oh, that right. sort of
3: like Kitchy. weird,
1: There's like drama Douglas thingy. Cirk, right, right, right? right, right, right sort right, of right. like real tale of like, can you believe it? <sighs> that movie is boring. It's interesting.
3: Yeah, oh, that, boring
1: is the opposite of interesting. Well, interesting, I call it interesting eyes. The uh,
3: the the other one that I saw that I had never seen the other Tim Burton movie that I had never seen mm-hmm. recently was Big Fish. Oh yes, oh, sure. Another big one. And I know you guys are going to cover that. We are. We but are. now that we're, you know, it's like, yeah, it feels as though this movie, Mars Attacks, mm-hmm. then he goes into retreat mode.
1: Right. Then Sleepy Hollow, then it's Planned the Apes, and then Big Fish comes after that. Big right. Fish
2: is him sort of sneaking out, being like, you know, can I be... I mean, that it, was the one that it felt was like tipped. felt like he was taking another... Here's a movie yes, with real people it. was people tipped as it. Like right. his, his sort of Oscar coming out movie, where right. it's like, yeah, here, finally, the critics and the audiences and the awards voters are all going to like shower this with attention. And, and it then, got nominated
1: for Best Score. Sure. And it did okay. <laughs> did okay. And I saw it 10 times in theaters. That's bizarre. I was obsessed with it when I Really? Yeah. yeah. I had I never I cried okay. during a movie, and that movie just destroyed me in the last 20 minutes, and I was like, I gotta keep on getting this that, mix. That
2: movie makes me cry. I think yeah. the ending is lovely. The and ending, like, I think it's perfect. I, I, I think, yeah. but it, it, I mean, it's okay. okay. I haven't seen it episode. since well, I saw it. So. What did you think, John? What did you John? think?
3: I saw it in an unusual circumstance. Mm. It was being screened. Uh... On the pack of a big fish? <laughs> on someone? It yes, exactly. was hard to follow. You just swim real fast. vision. Yeah, <laughs> I I I was seeing it in an, an underwater boot in New Jersey. <laughs>
2: sure.
3: No, I had I I, 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 I went to a uh, a wedding in in Puglia, Italy. Oh, uh, Drew Scott uh one half of the property brothers got married and invited me to his wedding. are you serious yeah, are you friends, friends, with, both friends of them? with them? I'm friends with both of them Wow. how did you become friends with the property brothers? well you know some people follow me back on Twitter. sure right you know what right, I mean right, right. Hey, like Denofrio like no, over here yeah still haven't I still haven't cracked the denofrio code yeah mm. but the scot that- but the Scots are fun guys yeah. And somehow they invited me to. Well, I say they. You know, it's just one of them. But they are a unit. He and his he and his lovely bride Linda invited me to their wedding in Italy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't not go. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and I had an extra day there. And Drew was like, "Come on over to our villa. Uh, Most everyone's gone home, but the family and I are going to watch a movie. You just watch Big Fish (laughs) in this villa. Big Fish.
2: Is this like in? This is recently within the last year. Yeah, or this spring. So they were just like.
3: What should we watch tonight? I guess Big Fish. It's his favorite movie. Wow, it's his favorite movie. That's and I nice. was, and I was That's like, nice. wow, this is. It was obviously an unusual to to see Big Fish Under the Stars projected yeah. off his computer onto a screen, huh. but it was kind
2: of it was kind of sir. Uh, appropriately surreal and magical say, that seems like a fairly good environment to see that movie yeah. right. so that, I enjoyed yes. it very I, much I'm right. a big
1: fan I don't think it's perfect but I do think that was another attempt at a big evolution for him
2: I mean you have right. the,
1: the human real world was he punished or
2: rewarded for that I think, sort of in the middle I think in the middle and it wasn't think, like enough of a bomb for him to that's absolutely the right. I
1: think when you're a guy like that who's had such highs right. if right. it's middling you're like I oh, don't know I guess I should like go back to the other stuff, right, you know? Right. And I think the other thing is he's always offered that kind of shit. Like, he's never gonna have a shortage of people going like, do you wanna reboot like, you know, like, the fucking this or that, you know? Right. Do, do you wanna do a, or, or a- Please believe it or not or whatever. Right. Like there are those always properties that, that people to. are coming to him and saying like this and he's like, I don't know, I guess I could use that as a vehicle to make this thing, right. you know? I guess I could use that that gives me access to this technology or right. this lo- shooting location or this actor or whatever. That I think it's like I mean we talked about this in other episodes. We'll talk about in other episodes. But like in the early '90s, he was like developing a lot of stuff that was like weird passion projects that all now have seemingly like fallen by the wayside. That he's not pursuing. Which
3: of those would you like him to revisit? There's the one. Uh, uh, Understanding that he is now he's grown, he's in a different place in his life. Maybe he's not interested. But what was the one that you wish? What's it called? Was the one
1: that got away? So the Iron Boy. It's based on a manga, and he was going to make it as a musical, and Sparks wrote all the songs.
2: Right. Oh, cool. Uh, The melancholy birth of the Iron Boy.
1: Yeah.
3: Crazy. Um, what's, your, what's, your, what's your fish that got away See, I'm what's
1: not, your big fish I'm that got away I'm Burton yeah.
2: guy like the way that Griffin is <laughs> uh, very funny I liked it a lot John um, I'm trying to think the uh, other ones I mean yeah we came
1: he, really close you to know me. what he was he going really to make
2: instead of this what? and he dropped uh, Mary Wiley. Mary right the uh, the oh. sort of uh, and Hyde from <laughs> right. Yeah. right. that, that was developed as a Tim Burton project. with Winona Ryder right and the studio was like we're hiring Julia Roberts and he was like alright forget it I'll go do something else star of
3: Amazon's homecoming that's oh, true. Yes, formerly yes. a podcast.
2: It's, hey, you
3: so think someone you will make see? A, someone will make a
2: very visually distinctive podcast about blank check? Like where it's like all spiral staircases and shit. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Same as Mel's been talking about. Awesome. <laughs> well, those of you who can't see, those of you listening at home can't see that this room is full of spiral staircases. <laughs> this is a kind of an M. C. Escher upside down. I insisted. Mindscape. It's good for. This. <laughs>
2: Good yeah, for autist it's good. Uh, acoustics. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> what is the matter with me? <laughs> no, I got it. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about in the movie is the ending.
3: Yeah,
1: I'd Unless like to talk, I, No, I'd like to talk about, uh, just very briefly at the beginning as well, because I think the beginning is such I'd like a, to a talk smart. About the middle. Okay, cool. All right, we, So we'll we got then it we'll knock it off.
3: Cool. What order should we do it in?
2: Uh, probably middle first. first. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> What, what about the beginning?
1: No, I just think it's such a smart table setting. And I, I don't know whether this was in the script or his idea, but I think it puts a perfect frame around the movie and the sort of pitch it's going to be at and the tone and sort of the kind of film it's riffing on, even if you haven't seen those movies. Because starting with the uh, uh, Criswell rising from yes. the, uh, the coffin yes. and the Hollywood performance, this is one of the. Star, I Star,
3: played by the very, very talented, but appropriately unemployable right. yes. Jeffrey Jones. Extremely yes. unemployable.
1: Hollywood's probably most talented pedophile.
3: <laughs> One of the most wildly I'm, unemployable men. I think there's stiff competition, unfortunately. <laughs> well, let's not use those words. Industry of <laughs> <laughs> scumbums. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Krumb, Monsters. Not even scumbums. <laughs> crumbums. <laughs> not even,
3: I mean, not even crumbums, scumbums. Is, the, is this Sand the first? Packers. No, what's
2: the first Jeffrey Jones?
3: Beetlejuice.
2: Right. We should have
3: talked about this
1: on Beetlejuice. We have talked at work, and we talked about Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah which we've already recorded. I mean, yeah. all these things. Okay,
3: so you were saying Chriswell emerges it, from right, the coffee. right?
1: And yeah. you're like, even if you didn't grow up watching guys like this, his performance is is such a certain type of entertainer. Yeah, the language with which he's speaking, the terrifying true tale. Yeah. believe it or not, of you know Edward D Wood. It like really sets the tone. And then those. B- and that miniature house that
2: you go pushing go. That's push the other on. thing. You, I mean, yeah. you
1: have all these models, the beautiful, like the title cards on
2: the gravestones, uh, gravestones which is yeah. also
1: just nice. It's like a fucking practical thing that well, you Well, the like-
2: practicality is what's so fun about it in general. And yeah, then that yeah.
1: great transition from I like the model rain, houses, the then you have the stop motion tentacles and everything. Yeah. And then there's the beautiful transition from like that to now
3: we're in a real. How come they didn't get a stop motion tentacle into Big Fish? Do they have one in there? Because that's at that point he knows it's CGI. All CG. ex- all right. oh, sorry, you were saying.
1: No, I just think it's like artificiality, 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 heighten, heighten, heighten. Mm-hmm. You're seeing what in Ed Wood's mind his movies would look like.
2: Right. This right. is like full yeah. Tim Burton yeah. artistry. Right.
1: right. And then it literally brings you down to earth to like rainy theater. Yeah. Here's Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Like now you understand what he is seeing mm-hmm. in his mind's eye. And I, ju- I just think it, like, lays everything out perfectly, and I like that at the end, they bookmark it with the, like, reverse footage of Criswell going back into right. the coffin. Right.
3: That was, that's what you were going to talk about at the end, David. <laughs> you just stole your thing. Uh,
2: w- anything about the middle you wanted to get to? I love
3: how it uh, connected the beginning to the end. It does right. do that does. very yeah. well. It's a great seamlessly. bridge between yes. the two. really leaves yes. the two together that was in a very satisfying way, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the good, middle is great. Good, it's good, solid middle.
2: Because I was like, how is this going to end? Right, yeah, and then sure. the end came. Yeah, yeah. yeah it and the middle was kind of a bridge to that. You were, yeah.
1: you were like, "How's this going to end?" And the movie was like, "We'll get to that." Right. <laughs> Hold your horses. Well, I also,
2: I consider the opening credits to be the beginning of a movie. The entire movie is the middle, right? And then the closing credits to the end.
1: For me, a movie ends if you ask me, and this is just my oh. opinion. Sure. A movie ends after the end credits have finished rolling.
2: Right. That's for saying, me. That's it. That's, that's it. the end of
1: the There's, movie. And the
3: lights come up when the no. guy comes out sweeping up popcorn. What about the post-credit sequence?
1: Well, I mean, this is where it gets tricky. So, and once again, I don't want to get political here.
2: For me, if there
1: is a post-credit get sequence. Get cut this happen,
2: just in case he gets too political.
1: The okay. movie ends after that, and if there isn't a post-credit sequence, it ends before that. Obviously, after we're going to have to cut That's that out. That's fair. way too inflammatory. That's for me when a film ends,
2: and we're back. Cool. Um, so the ending. No, just what did just, you want to say about just, the ending? Well, the loveliness of everyone being collected together yeah. at the theater, but just his the the, the one of the great lines uh, we, that we all reference this to this day. This is the one I'll be remembered for, remembered for. Yeah. and the like guilelessness of it, mm-hmm. and that it's also true. This right. is the one he's remembered That's the for, of it. right? Yeah. And it is, yeah, and. uh That that he gets to give you to his family, his wife and son.
3: I want to know what that actor who played the son is doing now. Real Uh, look to him. That's Chris Pratt.
2: (laughs) <laughs> he should have been in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah. if it only made it a few years earlier. Yeah, yeah, he had a little gloop. Uh,
1: George D. Amal Steele and a great fucking performance. Oh, he's so he's good. He's great. That's that first, first scene. That it's like one wrestler playing another
2: wrestler. the first too. scene yeah. where like, Ed it. Wood's like, I want you to be in the picture. He's like, I'm too ugly for movies. Like, yeah. you know, where he's lying on his uh, front. He
1: just like sees the thing in everyone. The other, I mean, at least Marie is great as... Uh, <laughs> I just Empire. love the thing where Tor has
2: all the lines because no one wants to speak in the movie. But there's that, right, the there's that like, thing. It's, why it's is unintelligible. He yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he goes, well, Legosi's dead. Vampire <laughs> won't speak. we got to give someone the dialogue. Oh,
0: my like, God. Like, everything's
1: so logical to Ed, you know? Yeah. Like, he never gets, like... I mean, that's a, that other beautiful piece of writing is they walk out of the theater. He feels like he's a mil, you know, walking on sunshine, right? Because it's like the first screen. Maybe the only
3: movie that does not use that song.
1: This
2: might be the one, <laughs> yeah.
1: right? But it's like this is the first premiere of his life that didn't end with like tomatoes being
2: thrown. In right. Right. Do we know right. why they're they're all rioting in that middle? Yeah, premiere? that was a is weird. Is that explained? Why? I is... think it was just like it's like, just like a, a free crowd, theater. right? That's right. just like where's the movie and they're rioting. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I, like I'll, I'll hear like interviews with like people who grew up in that era being like the theater was a madhouse. Like it was right. just children. Yeah, right. and they'd play like six B just, like, movies in
2: a row. Right, and they're just like eating candy and right. drinking soda. In there. Right, right.
1: Like it's like a Schlock Theater. Yeah. know
2: I get it. It's just sort of, it's such a thing when they open the door and it's like right. absolute chaos.
1: But he feels that sense of victory yeah. and he loves the people he's surrounded by. And he like says to Patricia Charquette, like, let's go get married. Let's oh, drive out it. there. And, and he's like, but it's raining the, right. and the hood is broken. And he and was, was like, like, I'm sure we'll clear up the second we turn uh, the yeah, corner. That's like, a the beautiful yeah. optimism is, of the guy. It is. Yeah. And that he found someone who like loved him for who he was. Yeah, yeah sure.
2: All of the, the other thing, you know, all of the rehab stuff, like in that. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's all. It's also unjudgmentally handled as everything is in this and, movie. And yeah. I
1: love that when the final footage he shoots with Bella is like the one time that he's kind of soberly seeing everything. I mean, Depp plays it really well where it's like he's doing this just for
3: Bella. Mm-hmm.
1: So Bella has something to live for. This right. isn't him being like,
3: I can get this movie. Right. I'm using like I'm gonna, you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this to make money here and right. do that. It's right. like
1: you probably have a week left. So I, I want you back in your element to feel like you're a star again. Right. That
3: was that was very beautiful. Yeah, right.
1: It's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful friendship they have. And I was gonna say, I mean, you were saying yes. like the vampire thing. I mean, he's like She's kind of so good, a Lisa pest. Marie. She's so good in it, but he's kind of a pest the whole time. But the thing that I think finally breaks her down is that like he's also the first guy to call when her career goes bottom up. Yeah. Like he keeps on like trying right, to get right, her in there. Right. She's okay. Value now. I'm single. She's like a beautiful woman. Like use her in some way. And that's like front page of the newspaper. They cancel her show. Right. She can't get arrested in town. Right. And she's just like he still doesn't care. Right. She like
2: gets. Still, it's not transactional with him. He right. he just is an admirer. He yeah. likes. Yeah.
3: Right. You know that. You know that Dana Gould was to Vampyra what Edward was to Bella Lugosi. Really. Yeah. Oh, Dana wow. Gould interviewed her. Oh, and really? Then, huh. And then became her friend and wow. caretaker to the end of her
2: life. That's fascinating. Um, like not not live-in caretaker, well, but like I yeah. do like that the movie acknowledges Elvira kind of stole her bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <100%. laughs> <laughs> 100. But okay. Dana has incredible.
3: Yeah. You should get. You should. We should. We should. I mean, get you him should. On. You should drop your embargo on Dana Gould. Yeah. I know that you have okay. to feel very strongly that he should never be a part of so this. So
1: Ben, just make a note. Delete this episode. We're going to re-record next week with Dana Gould. Yeah. Perfect. Um, because wow. he's got okay. an incredible story. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, that's that's uh, nuts.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you know, in the future, when Dana is getting on in years, you can be Edward to Dana. I would to love Dana to Gould. do that.
1: I yeah. I would absolutely love that. Right. Um. No. It's 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 just a lovely movie and a wonderful bunch of people.
3: And... I'm gonna. I I have one thing that I want to ask you guys. Sure. Okay. I do not have an answer for this. Okay. It's not like I've got something. You know. Prepared. And loaded. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We all wish that Tim Burton would find that passion project that he mm-hmm. set aside in the 90s or has a new one today. Yeah. We also know that he's going to be flipping franchises. Mm-hmm. He's going to be putting a fresh coat of paint on some beloved old properties. Yeah, he'll mm-hmm. make a
2: He-Man next or whatever. Right?
3: What What?
2: You're what would you charge? actually like what, to see him what, do? What, what franchise oh, would you if, have him if flip? If I had to like let him loose at a franchise. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, right. in like, 1999? Just, <laughs> yeah. All right. He's never made a sci-fi. I know Mars Attacks... Is well, a sort kind of, of a, so, but it's is like Space the bad 1999. Of that. Hang on, hang on. I'm still marveling. I'm still
3: reveling in this amazing idea, this full circleness of it. But it's down. also, yeah, it's also a great idea, right? Space Tim Burton's Space 1999. The moon goes flying off into the galaxy. David or whatever. Sims, ladies and Thank gentlemen, and, uh, and and and. Non-binary people <sighs> are listening.
1: There, there is. I mean, the tricky thing with him is you go, okay, so it's like one of two columns. Would, it's that a,
3: sounded like I was making a joke at the expense of non. But no, 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 I, no, I don't I, say, I, ladies I, and gentlemen, yeah. anymore. That was a for that reason, and that was a that was a verbal tick, and I and I take it back. I, I try David to David Sims, say, listeners, yeah, to yeah. this podcast, I do folks. Bring, bring, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, right? It's just person. it's like stage pattern. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. right. Uh, still, anyway, uh, no, it's a just, genius saying, idea. Is what I'm saying.
1: It's a great idea. Green in the room. That is, I, I. Think that's the line. I think you might want to to make it like twenty ninety
3: nine. Just nope, nineteen ninety nine. All right, fair enough. Um, I don't mind.
1: It's it's all about the starring Vincent D'Onofrio. Now that's what I call music compilation. Um, (laughs) No, I you know I, I think the better line of thinking is like what genres has he not played in yet? Because there is that thing where you go like, okay, well you either pick something that feels like it's right in his wheelhouse. Like there was the rumor a couple years ago that he was going to do a stop motion Adam's family, and you were like, "They don't need to make that. We all have it in our heads. You say it, and I can picture the whole thing." Right? It's a waste of time. But then the opposite thing of like, what if he did a take on something that you never think Tim Burton would do? You're like, "But I know what that's going to look like too." So you kind
3: of stop stalling, Griffin.
1: What do I want him to
3: do? Tim Burton's
2: The Tick. Yeah, that's the answer.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I'll not
2: the worst idea in the world.
1: No, No, I'll I'll tell you. Like, I would like. I think it would be cool to see him return to the superhero world, but do something like like Dead Man, you know? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, those weird sort of like pulpier, sort of mystical sci-fi mm-hmm. son of Satan characters, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, do do some Jack Kirby shit, Etrigan the Demon. I mean, I just feel like there are things like that where it's like. It's a property, but it's not a hugely well-known thing. But you're getting in because it's the DC umbrella or right. something, and give him a really functional like three act story.
3: You're you're uh uh. Can Tim Burton make the correct Fantastic Four?
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's the guy. But I, I don't. I mean, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I would see his Fantastic Four circa whenever they want to make a Fantastic Four movie for the first time. Right, you know, like right. Whenever why can't has- we have one every year? I, yeah. I I'd be fine I, with that. I, I mean, Do you like offer me the choice: of no more Fantastic Fours and just every year there's someone else takes a crack at it. Yeah. I'd, take, I'd take the latter. I feel like. I mean, based on this yes. movie and the and the sense of
3: offbeat, off kilter family that he was mm-hmm. able to create yes. in this movie. Yes,
1: there's a now version I'm that thinking, you see. Yeah. yeah. I th- I feel like the the logical end game here is that Marvel is just going to let Peyton Reed make the Fantastic Four movie. Wouldn't that
3: be an incredible, yeah. full circle? That's what
1: I'm hoping happens, thing. and they let him make something that's fairly close to what he really originally wanted to make. Obviously, the landscapes change; it would now have to fit into this larger machinery. But if they let him make a sort of like period stylized Fantastic Four movie, which I think at this point the only way they could really work Fantastic Four into the Marvel universe this late in the game There's is flashback. To, To do a different time period, to do an alternate dimension, alternate dimension, they
2: get sucked into our dimension or something. I don't know. You do a period movie, and then there are people out of time. But that's what I would love if you did a real kind of like. I
1: mean, give it to Peyton Reed in like Flint, kind of.
2: I think Peyton Reed is the. the, I I have to assume he's at least mentioned to Kevin Feige like one day if you want to do Fantastic Four. I'm here. I'm a proven guy for you. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, the end game here.
2: Um, well, that that you,
3: so. But what's your answer with Tim Burton? My answer, I think, Deadman.
1: I think Dead Deadman Man would be a cool thing. I'd rather see him pick something like that that doesn't come with a tremendous amount of cultural baggage. You know, right? Where right. there isn't a real strong preconceived notion of like, well, I know what the regular Dumbo's like. Ben,
3: you got one? You got a Tim Burton franchise flipper? Is there a rave
2: franchise? A, uh, I'm a sorry, movie a about rave? rave movie? Like, yeah. Like, do you just want like Tank Girl? Or something oh, yeah. like okay, something okay, like Tim that nineties, Tim sort of yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just trying right. to think of subcultures from the nineties that I would be interested to see oh, Tim Burton have a take oh, on, I yeah, right, like right, right. rave right. culture. Right. I, right.
3: I hear he's going to, uh, I hear he's going to uh, reboot uh, the Singles uh, <laughs> universe. Hey, <laughs> that'd be fun. People making His, video tapes. Dillon is coming back. His only on-screen
1: acting appearance.
3: Was that he plays
1: in Singles the guy who runs the video dating service? Tim Burton
2: does. Correct. I have to leave. You did that it without the internet. I know. Well, we have done, We did do a singles episode, Speaking of which when. I do have to
3: leave. So yeah, us yeah. yeah, play yeah, the yeah. Box we're office we're game. done. We're done. Let's play the box office we're just game. Playing oh, by the way, so we've heard all the pitches. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton's singles, right? Tim Burton's Dead Man. Yeah. Tim mm-hmm. Burton's Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obvious winner. Folks, listening within the sound of my voice, get ready for. Tim Burton's Space, nineteen ninety nine, greenlit in the room, absolutely oh, yeah. going down. Wow, happen. that's the winner. Okay, wow. absolutely. I'm sorry, people You don't forgot even to get mention to, the introduction right, that you have
1: ultimate Greenlit power in Hollywood. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true.
3: Well, when people find out that I agented Bruce Campbell's book, they're uh, like, "Yeah, let's
2: not second guess this guy again."
1: What was the What was the widest this film ever went?
2: The widest what? this film ever went was um, six hundred and twenty-three wow. theaters. Uh, it made a total of five point eight million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so obviously it did not make its budget
1: back did not cross over
2: no it didn't cross over also uh, just
1: weird to think about
2: Disney making a film like this today it's crazy to think about Touchstone back in the day yeah the the weekend of September 30th was it opened the New York Film okay. Festival wow. and it just came it's out in the theaters. Yeah. Uh it opened on two screens uh, this weekend so it's not in the top five mm-hmm. so your number one movie is a movie that I truly appreciate and love it is a like kind of like a white knuckle thriller slash domestic drama, uh, starring a an Oscar winning uh, person. A uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, lady or a gentleman?
2: Lady. Is I was trying not to give you a lady. River Wild. Yeah, because I knew okay. if I said lady, you would just know. I it. had a feeling it was River Wild. Ten point two million Law and orders, dollars. Benjamin Bratt. Yes. Bratt Bacon. Strathern. Strathern. It's got what a cast. I, Curtis I'm just, Hansen picture. I always love when Strathern's above the title. He's
1: above it. What a good name to put above a title.
3: Do we say is it Strathern? I, I believe know. so. David yeah.
1: Strathern. That's I how think, I say I it. I think that name is fun to read, fun to say.
3: And, I have a and, great time every time I say
1: Strathairn. And, and, uh, right, right. Fun
3: fun to watch. Fun to fun watch. watch.
1: A real actor's actor. An actor's actor yeah. is actor.
2: Um, actors
1: love Strathern.
2: Sure, who wouldn't? It's royalty. He's the stratherniest of them all. Now, number two at the box office was number one the previous two weeks. It's a sci-fi actioner. Oh wow! Uh, that I I I enjoy. It's of an enjoyable piece of '90s sci-fi marginalia. Ever. Yeah. Did it get any sequels? <laughs> it must have. It didn't get any like theater. sequels. It didn't become a big franchise. There, there must be some straight to VOD like. I don't know. Maybe not. It's for sci-fi. Based on a comic book, I believe. Uh, from, you know, a director that we've covered one of his movies. We've covered one of this director's movies. There was a directed TV DVD sequel starring Jason Scott Lee. With the subtitle, The Berlin Decision. And you'd be bad at this job. You'd be so bad at it. I'd be bad at this job. Tank Girl? It is, no, it remains the highest grossing film for this actor who is like a 90s star and was on Amazon at one point. Oh, oh, it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme film. That's true. Oh, I know it. What is it? Time Cop. That's right. I would be very bad at that. Drama. Peter Hyams' um, Time Cop. And Peter Hyams, of course, directed? Uh, Running Scared. Running Scared. Yes. Now, number three is a film I did not know of. Mm-hmm. Saw Time Cop in the theater. Also, The
3: Chelsea. I saw all the movies at The Chelsea. Time Cop's yeah. not, bad. not bad. Ron Silver. Not bad. Ron Silver. Right. That's a big silver. Yeah.
2: Uh, so this silver was gold back. This then. is a film I've never heard of. Apparently, it is an erotic drama. How dare you pitch right? Oh, I dare. right <laughs> at African American audiences. Uh, an
1: erotic drama pitched right at African American. Yes. Are you being sarcastic? Or no, was it
2: really. I am not being sarcastic. It was a Gramercy picture, which wow. I think was an old Universal like label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, starring Jada Pinkett, Bokeem Woodbine, Alan Payne. I've never heard of this movie. It was fairly well received. It came out. It made $20 million. Joaquin
1: Woodbine, another
2: name that is Just fun to say, fun to read. Absolutely electric name. Pleasure to watch on screen. Yeah, I love him. Uh, like, this was like well received. I've never heard of it. I don't think I have heard and of it And it really is one of those things. This is a
3: year of my my 23rd I year on earth. This and I sh- is, this you were
2: hot. This is prime
3: hot. I can't believe. <laughs> I should have known this. I was I didn't have children. Prime I was hot? going to movies all the
0: you time. You were seeing erotic so drama constantly. So I basically living at the Chelsea
2: it, Theater. It's or set or whatever in whatever it Houston? Does that help? <laughs> I don't oh. think I know It's just part. sort of amazing to think of studios like bothering to make like yeah. all kinds of movies back then. They, they would try shit. Right, yes. Let's say it's called Jason's Lyric. Oh, I do know
1: that title. I have no idea what that movie was, but I knew that title. Yeah.
2: So there okay. you go. Number four is the Best Picture winner of 1994. Uh, so it's Forrest Gump? Yes. Still number, going strong? Still going strong in its 13th week. It's made $269 million. Uh,
1: my uh, sister Romley watched that movie for the first time and uh, very recently was like, what the fuck is
2: that thing? It is one of and those things like, where you're yeah. like, I can't explain it, but everyone was crazy for it this thing. It seemed fun at the time. <laughs> four Quadrant
3: Blockbuster. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: You watch it now and you're like, is this offensive? <laughs> like, right. you know, It's not just the way you're like, I don't get no, the appeal of yeah. this. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I think this movie is just nakedly offensive. But yeah. she, was like, she was like, I don't even know if that's good
1: or bad. Can you just explain to me how that fits into the history of our culture and our species? <laughs> right. What was
2: that? It's like the ultimate baby boomer movie, but also it's this offensive comedy. I don't know. Right. Like, anyway, Forrest Gump. What do you think of Forrest Gump, John. Jason? John. Jesus. John Huntsman, I'm John. Right, Sean Huntsman. <laughs> Oh, Jason's <laughs> lyric—that's why it was. About. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what Jason's lyric made of. <laughs> uh,
3: I have not seen it since it came out. Wow. Um, yeah. and I remember being a
2: little,
3: a little turned off. Right? Well, I was turned off by its political point of view. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hippies
2: are bad. Yeah, hippies yeah. are bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That promiscuous sex and you know. You'll end up in the coffin or what whatever. What a
1: fucking weird movie. Very
2: weird movie. Life Very weird is- movie.
3: But I love Tom Hanks so
2: much. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Uh, number five is another of the Best Picture nominees. A great movie about how wasps run and ruin the world. Quiz Show? Yes. Love Quiz Show. Quiz great Show. Movie. Quiz Show movie. Robert rules. Redford's Quiz Show starring Ray Fiennes, John Turturro. And the other guy, the guy from uh,
3: Northern Exposure who's doing that bad yep. Boston accent. Uh, Rob Morrow. Rob yep. Morrow. Whose daughter's and,
1: name uh, is? I don't know. Robba?
3: Two. His daughter's name is Two Morrow. I swear to you, his
1: daughter's name is Two. T O T U, I believe. That's, that's one tu- of those things that it
2: feels like you have been waiting four years on this podcast yep. for someone to mention Rob Morrow. You had I that fact I Knew ready. that
1: fact before I knew who Rob Morrow was. They
3: do have a daughter named
2: Two. My
3: you. my wife grew up in, an, too. in Atlanta uh-huh. uh, and in elementary school. Uh, they had a, a like fifth, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. They had a classmate, son of the local police chief, mm-hmm. chief hand. His son's name was Dixon. Oh boy! Guess how they guess how they made fun of him.
1: Uh, guess what his nickname was? Uh, Dixon Hand. I'm trying to think of how you could work You're not, that into something. Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Right. Uh,
3: they Dick- they were too They didn't even recognize the joke. Really? They called him Jupiter, largest of the planets, because he was husky. Oh boy. They were too <laughs> It was right there. They couldn't they couldn't get themselves they couldn't bring themselves to make a Dixon wow. hand joke. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: well talk talking about a uh, dicks, you you got a TV show called uh, called
3: Dick Town. Oh, oh I'm not oh. sure that
1: when will that be? Will that still be I, far off on the horizon? I'm Animation sh- takes a long time.
3: We're I mean, we're told sometime in the spring of Okay. 2019. So
2: he will be okay.
3: So yeah. there, there is a there is a show that I'm uh, working with uh, David Reese, past and future past and future guest. Yeah, uh um, gotta get him back. An on. Animated show for FXX. Mm-hmm. Maybe by this time, FXXXXX. They Maybe? might add a few more yes. X's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's F- a very it's a fun little show and a, some uh, great voice Big acting tone. by. Um, Griffin Newman. Oh, you're amazing. in that one, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, snuck your little, you snuck your little voice I on snuck there? Snuck my little tush on that show. And uh, if this is the plug portion, you can also listen to me every week. Uh, Judge John Hodgman, a podcast from MaximumFun.org. And you can buy my book, Vacationland, now available in paperback oh, at I, stores. Don't go to libraries.
1: I hadn't heard that it had been released in paperback. Yet. Yeah, I feel is. like you haven't been getting the word out about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah.
3: You can go to libraries, and you can take it out of the library, too. That's fine. I, as
2: long as you keep it. Yeah, right. I mean, so we have a deal. The,
3: here's a, here's the thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a special bonus. We've got arranged with the publisher. If you buy the book, it frees you from the obligation to read it. So that's a good deal for you.
2: Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. Right. You can just buy There's it. No taking. clock. On the yeah. If you yeah. borrow
3: it from the library, you got to read it. That's that's how you pay. I, yeah, I like serious. the
1: idea of you using your like million plus social media followers to just fully take down the American Library. <laughs> You're just like, this is my battle. You know, I really
2: liked John Hodgman until that turn no. he took later. No, I love libraries. Down libraries. <laughs> just kidding. Love, love, love the You know libraries are with such precarious ground in Hodgman? Put his pressure on, and that yeah. was all it took.
1: We were you gone. Throw a Molotov cocktail into <laughs> I, your local library. Remember to sign it from
3: John Hodgman. You know, I, wa- like, I waved a withered John feather Hodgman. at their back, <laughs> and they fell over
2: the cliff. You know, it's like I en- do take responsibility <laughs> in England. Like King Edward IV, he kind of like he took all the monasteries. Now, Edward VI, sorry, not Fourth. Yeah. you, know, you, you want to be that? But how for would libraries. you know anything about England? Oh, get out of here! Come on now,
3: <laughs> right at the end.
2: Yes, King Edward the Sixth. Thank Work you all up, for listening. <laughs> Basically started Please the English remember remember
1: Subscribe. Go to blankies.rad.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Andrew Goodo for good social media. Lemon Montgomery for a theme song. Joe Bo and Pat Rounds for artwork. Season two of The Ticks. I'm coming out at some point. Cannot wait. If you like this episode, it's like that for 10 episodes of a TV show. Extra nipples. Extra nipples. Spoiler. Nip-slip. A lot of nip- nips.
3: Nefarious doctor
1: Nips. Yeah. <laughs> Uh tune in next week for our uh What's next week? Uh, uh, Mars, Mars Attacks, Attacks episode. Oh, yeah, Paul of Tompkins. Yeah, Paul of Tompkins. Is not welcome. No. It, right. He will not be on the show <laughs> Right, anymore. exactly. That's terrible. Uh, so tune in to see who we have as a guest on in his place. Right, right. Uh next week. And as always, I forgot to say this in Mayceries on the films of Timber and it's called Powerwood Scissor Cast. <laughs>